Hello, hello, and welcome to the Modern Lazy Guys podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Andrew. We have a great show for you today. We've got items in the news desk. We're going to talk about our dream neighbors in our cul-de-sac on our Mount Rushmore segment. We've got our Pick Your Poison segment. We're going to review the Big Green in our movie review segment. The NFL Draft and schedules are released, so we're going to talk about the NFL Draft. Uh, we're going to talk about the Cowboys picks. Uh, we're going to give our thoughts on how they did. We're going to break down the Cowboys schedule. And then we're going to wrap it up with what are we watching and what are we listening to. But before we get started, can I please ask you to, if you haven't already, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes and let you know that you can follow us on Instagram at Mild and Lazy. Uh, but with all that said, let's get on to the show. So what's up, man? It's been... God damn it. He threw me for a curveball. How did I throw you for a curveball? So let's just roll because I'm not restarting it for the fifth time. All right. Well, this is like the fifth and the last one was really well. So what have I been up to, Matt? Uh, Let's see. There was two tornadoes since we last talked. Yeah, that first one, that first Monday was the hairy one, though. Yeah. Yeah. That one was scary. That one was scary. We were were watching the news from like 8 o'clock to about 9.30 because I kept pushing back the warning and... You know, we got a little house. We got nowhere really to go. Like, the hail was coming down. Shit was getting hairy. But the crazy part was, like, earlier in the day was a beautiful, sunny, 90-degree mm-hmm. Texas day. We went to the Fort Worth Zoo, which, not a hot take. It's just infinitely better than Dallas. And if you have the option, go to Fort Worth. They're working on an expansion there. They're really opening it up. It's it's amazing. It was, like, rated the number one in North America recently, apparently, because I read it on a billboard somewhere. So it's got to be true. <laughs> Um, and then we had one, what was it, like a week ago? And um, that one was like right where I do my, my mail route yeah. out in the country. So like the next day I was just like surveilling all the damage. And there was like two people that the, – the house was still there, but like everything was blown to, from one side of the highway and then it just got caught on the other side. So it's just like strewn across from their yard. Because it's like big patches of land. You know, these people own like acreage. So it was like their whole front yard was just trashed. They cleared the highway, but then the other side of the highway, everything got caught over there and – I mean, it still looks like a disaster over there. Is it hit right over there on 55? Yeah, that's, like where, 55 that's where I'm at. 77 right there? Yeah. Yeah, the, the worst of it was 77, I guess, and actually 35. You saw like a semi-truck get turned over, and I guess there was like candy in it. They said people got it out in the middle of a fucking storm on the in the middle of the highway and started picking up like free candy. That's unreal, Like dude. That's the most American thing you could do right there is <laughs> yep. risk your life in two separate ways just for like some, probably like some stale... Crunch bar. You know, it's not even a good candy bar. It's a crunch bar. Hey, crunch bar is good. It didn't make our... It wouldn't make your route mushroom. Mount Rushmore, would no, it? No, but... Okay, then. It's no payday. That's what I'm saying. Paydays go hard, and those are underrated. You don't... I mean, I, I have a broad spectrum when it comes to candy. Have we not, well, We did Halloween candy. We That's did Halloween thinking, candy. Which yeah. is totally different. Yeah, for sure. Halloween candy is different, because when I'm in the checkout line, I'm getting a payday, a Mr. Good Bar... Mr. Good Bar goes hard. Mr. Good Bar severely underrated. And, it goes uh, hard. Probably peanut M and M's. That'd be my top peanut M and M's. I do like me some peanut M and M's. We're an M and M family. We got yeah, like pounds of it M&Ms. at the house because Elizabeth loves. She loves the mini ones and the regular original. And like when Claire's not here, we just like sneak off together and eat M and M's and watch good movies. <laughs> watch like animated movies. There's the worst way to pass your time. Oh, it's great. And then I'm a, I'm a, like terrible at covering up my crime. So when Claire gets home, she sees like the ring of chocolate around Elizabeth's mouth. Yep. And she's like, were you eating chocolate M&M's? Yep. And we go, no. Sure was. Busted every time. I'm terrible. Oh, so anything else other than that? Other than nearly dying? Yeah. Uh, 
still trying to train this damn dog. I spent five minutes cleaning up pee. You know, when you were here. Yeah, yeah. And the sheets are tumbling right now because the dog took a shit on the bed again. Well, it happens. It's better than you taking a shit on the bed. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's true. I don't think Claire would, She's would appreciate that much. She's standing with the dog. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, work with me. Um, Landry has his pre-K graduation tomorrow, mm-hmm. so that's going to be fun. Um... Pulled the trigger, traded in my truck. Really? Yeah. Seems like you just got it. I did two years ago, but the truck, the the used the used car market in general is crazy, but especially the truck market. It's kind of like the housing market. Like crazy. Yeah, like so you uh, came out on top. Oh yeah, I came out. Oh, well, they gave me five thousand dollars over what I owed for it. Well, that's a no brainer then. What yeah. did you get that little? You keeping that little? Was it a Accord? A Civic, yeah. Uh, I have the I have a Civic sitting in the garage that it's kind of like a project car. I'm I'm kind of restoring it and, and working on it. And how are you getting to work though? Oh, I traded it in for a 2018 Civic. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I took it to my sister's house out in Eastland over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I got 43 and a half miles of the gallon. Hell yeah. When I was in my truck, I was getting like 11. Yeah. So, but it was 2018. Had like. 19,000 miles, so it's basically a brand new car. Oh, it's by far the newest car I've, I would have ever had. <clears throat> yeah, the, so... The truck I have now, the 06 that I use for work, and that is just raggedy as hell. The newest truck, newest vehicle I've ever had. And I told Claire, once I get, like, you know, because we're all getting vehicles at work, once I get mine and I don't need that truck anymore, I will gladly take, like, a 2003 Ford Focus. Yeah. Or, you know, like, yeah, a yeah. Full, the Jetta, like, yeah. 2002 Jetta. Yeah, so it's... You know, it's a nice car. It's an ADB car, but I kind of saw the writing on the wall with the gas prices and kind of how they're going. Add that with the truck market and how crazy it is. My payments went down like $60 a month compared to what I was paying on the truck, so. Landry's probably hurt, though. Yeah. The little guy, that he was like, that, that's a truck. Yeah. I mean, to go from like, because from a little kid's perspective, it's like you trade in this big, massive, cool truck. And to him, it's just like a small car. Like, I get why you did it. Yeah. It's very practical. Yes. It's yes. still new. It's got great gas. But, like, when you, as an adult, you're like, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. But as a kid, you're like, but that was a big, cool truck. Yeah, yeah. So, I think he's coming around to it. Um, well, he's got no choice. Yeah, he's got no honest. choice. Um, <laughs> you know, and I told him, you know, hey, we'll keep this for a couple of years. I figure gas prices and the, and the used car market will come back around here in a couple of years. And I'll get back into a truck, but for now, it was too good of a deal. I got five thousand. I got out of it with five thousand dollars equity. Yeah, come out on top. That's always yeah. good. So I need to. I need to do something with that Bronco. If anybody's interested in a nineteen eighty nine no, Bronco, two, keep it, dude. It hasn't keep run. It. it doesn't matter. It looks. Keep it. It's just an eyesore right now. I need to wash it. That I need to put a cover over it. Mostly, like it's getting like sun damage, and I don't know. Man, I feel like I can get pretty penny. For you it. can. You can. Yeah, I mean, it, but if I put work into it and got it running, it would like triple the value. Oh, for sure, because it hasn't even turned over in like at least three years. Oh yeah, all the fluids just been yeah. sitting in there, so it needs like it needs some work. But it's nothing, ex- you know. No, it's just too simple. Ma- like, it's manageable work. Yeah. yeah, it's just like where the fuck am I going to get time to work on this truck when I'm not even a good gearhead or whatever? They yeah, do, you know, whatever yeah. it's called. No, it makes <laughs> sense. But yeah, I gotta like invite some friends over. Uh, we know a guy. 
Um, we do know a guy. But yeah, so that that big hailstorm and tornado, I got my car like two days before oh, that. Oh, fuck. I so I was running that. outside and I just put a bunch of blankets over it. <laughs> and I found like big rocks like that were in like the flower bed and I kind of weighed them down, put the blankets over it. And I was like, well, you know, I have full coverage, but. <laughs> I was like, man, that guy loves his Honda. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it's, you know, I'd just gotten it. So, yeah, but my yeah. truck's so beat down. I'm like, just what, what's what's a few more dents gonna do? Have you seen the passenger side of my truck? Yeah, I've seen it. It looks like fucking Freddy Krueger went to war with that thing. <laughs> but that's the side you, del- yeah, that's the side you deliver out of. So, yep. makes sense. And it just takes one because they're like, man, you got like all these scratches. Like, yeah, that's 500 plus boxes a day, five days a week for eight years. I was like, I'm lucky I only have like four major scratches. I've had an opportunity to get tens of thousands of scratches. So I'm lucky I have a door like left. 999, yeah. yeah. I'm doing great, actually. It just takes one asshole box to drop open as you drive away. <laughs> and you hear that screech and the paint like coils up. And you're Ugh. like, well, once you do the first one, you're like, well, fuck it. It's a work truck now. Yep, for sure. But yeah, nothing else going on. Work. Um... Yeah, yeah pre- Ellie has her little graduation tomorrow too from her Mother's Day out. She's yeah. so secretive though. Like we're supposed to go there. I wonder if Eric's gonna be there because um, his eldest, mm-hmm. what's her name? Harper, Harper, yeah, Harper uh, is like in a class adjacent. That's a nice word. Next to um, Elizabeth, probably. And, uh, she's just so secretive because I'm like, you know, we're gonna come and watch it, and I took the whole day off, man. And uh, we're like, what? What are you? What are you singing? What are you doing? She's like, it's a secret. You'll find out. Like, what the fuck? We're- who talks like that at three years old? So I was like, okay, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, they moved Landry's. It was supposed to be at the the amphitheater with all the weather and stuff. They moved it oh, to man. some Have gymnasium. Have you seen that? It's just the rain. It is flooded. Yeah. There's like some civil engineer that's like put taking heat in the office. Well, he should. He put it in like the worst spot. Put it in a floodplain right next in to a the creek. Ultimate floodplain <laughs> yeah. area. So yeah, he was. They were supposed to have it there, and you know, if it, when, really when cool. it was there, you know, we could you know bring whoever, but they had to move it to a gymnasium. So now we can only bring mom and dad. So, but I think you know all the family, like my brother and her mom, we're just gonna go out to eat after. Yeah, that's so. what we're gonna do. We're finally gonna go to the Blue Sky. That oh we yeah. talked about because yeah, it's yeah. only open from ten to three, Tuesday through Saturday. What day, what time's our graduation? Uh, like nine forty-five. Oh wow! Hey, Landry's in the evening. I think Landry's like six or seven in the evening. Yeah, fuck that. No, because yep. after that, Claire's like she's done. She does this little performance, and my mom can't go, so my mother-in-law's going. And then once that's like school's out after that, they're oh, gonna do this cool. And then we're just gonna go. I was like, you know, take your. I'll take my mother-in-law buy lunch. Well, let me know what you think about Blue Sky. I think it's fantastic. I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. I think it's fantastic. So highlight of the week coming up. Let us know on the next one. So let us let us move on to the news desk. You want to go first? Yeah, I got one here. Quite the headline. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's company sued after man claims vagina-scented candle exploded. That's a brand new sentence right there. This is Colby Watson from Texas said he bought the infamous $75 This Smells Like My Vagina Candle. From Goop uh, in January. After burning it for more than three hours in his bedside table, he he alleged the candle exploded and became engulfed in high flames. He said he left the blaze... uh, The blaze left a black burn ring on his bedside table and the candle jar was charred in black. However, no injuries were reported. Uh, The Goop website has a warning on its website advising people to not burn candles for more than two hours, which I do with every candle I've ever owned. Yeah, ever. 
Like on a even Saturday, when I gotta leave, I'm like, it's just three candles burning. Let's go. Like on a Saturday or Sunday, we're hanging out the house cleaning. We have a there, candle going all day in like every room. We got one going now because Dolly just peed in here, and I'm not wearing socks. And I feel so bad because my feet stink and then my dog peed in here. I hope you're just like breathing through your mouth right now, man. It is gardenia, though. That's an odd, that's a questionable choice in scent. It smells like a... Well, take it up with Claire. Okay. Nope, <laughs> not going to do that, but... Um, so, the complaint is seeking a jury trial, uh, triple compensation, as well as punitive damages of more than $5 million. $5 million for a candle? Well, if it burned, nearly burned down his house, he might have PTSD. Oh, my God. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, a woman in the UK also alleged that her goop candle expla- exploded in January. Uh, it was the same model as the one bought by Mr. Watson. and exploded a few minutes after lighting it. She said, flames roared half a meter out of the jar and became, er, and bits of molten wax flew out as it fizzled and spat. Luckily, I had placed it on a concrete at the base where there was a fireplace. A goop's spokesman later offered to send her more of their products. Because that's what you want from somebody that just killed you. More of that. So what does this say? What does this story in this incident say about Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina? That it's explosive. <laughs> she put... It is the bomb! She put the reputation of her vagina on these candles, <laughs> and now they're exploding. Hey, I mean, that's kind of great marketing, but except for the whole near-dying part, but, you know. Catching on fire and... Oh. Why do you? This is an example of things going too far. Yeah, I don't know who they were like. Like somebody must have told her, like, Gwyneth, your vagina it smells so magical. I wish I could just have it in my house at all times. And then a light bulb and she's went like, off. Oh, I could sell this for seventy five dollars to idiots. I almost want to buy one. Goop. Like, what does it smell like? You think? I don't know. I don't know. You're asking me what Gwyneth smells. Crowdfield's pussy smells like I have no idea. Well, I'll tell you what, I have an idea. I mean, <laughs> why don't you ask Chris Martin? I don't know. Hopefully, what? it smells decent. I mean, if they're selling for $75 and you can't burn it for more than a couple hours, it better light up the room. It better come in <laughs> hot and heavy and just it make does. the house smell like it does. heaven. It does. Okay, so stay away from Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina. That just sounds like such a terrible yeah, name. Yeah, that, that's a terrible name, too. How, did, how the fuck do you come up with that? Like. The next best one is moist. Did that? Now, if I bought a moist vagina scented candle, that sounds fucking nice. That sounds like a good Saturday night. Uh, you want to read your next one, or you want me to uh, go ahead and again, bang? Go ahead again, and bang that yeah, one out. This one's, this one's tough. Let me preface it before he reads it because I pulled this off of a. I think it was a German website who translated it from Chinese, so it's, like, been through through three filters. Yeah, and I'm, so, and I'm terrible at reading these news stories. All right, so go ahead. All right, Chinese millionaire bought a club and forced the DT? Uh, basically, like, manager, like the, the coach. He forced the manager to put his son, who weighs 278 pounds, as a starter. So this is the Zebo Kuju, a cast of the Chinese second division, Made news this weekend, and not precisely because of its good results or any goal worth noting. Uh, it turns out that its owner, the millionaire He Shashira, forced coach Hanji Huang to line up his son, who, as a football footballer, does not add much to the starting lineup. Uh, the boy weighs 278 pounds, as expected. He <laughs> he has. Oh, wait, God damn it! He has not had a very good performance on the field. The Ziba Kuju is, in la- is last in its group 
uh, with only one point out of 15 possible. And the incorporation of the owner's son is not the first questionable decision. Uh, oh, it just goes to say that um, I guess he took the number 10, which in soccer yeah, that's is like, like wearing 23 for MJ or something. Like all the greats wore it. Maradona, Pele, Messi. I mean, 10 is like cocky, the number. Cocky little fat kid coming in here. Can't even run laps with these guys. And he goes, no, I'm number 10. Dude, he I'm looked, surprised they put like a, do you get like a C sticker? No, they have an captain. armband. They have an armband that they wear, that the captains wear. Yeah, but his has a lot of flexibility to it, I bet. <sighs> For those of you who haven't seen me in a while, you know, I, I'm a big boy. This dude looks like me. And I'll put a picture on our Instagram of this guy. I want a side by side. Dude. He's at the corner flag, like waiting to take a corner kick, and he's just got this impressive gut. <laughs> it looks like he's got a football in his shirt. It looks like he's or got a, a couple. A football. But yeah, so but when your dad's a Chinese billionaire and he buys the club, you can oh, do what yeah. you want. I was trying to come up with an example, like I was trying to think of like maybe a celebrity who had a fat son that well, it's like our uh, listeners could, you know, relate to. Yes. Callahan, it's like or, uh, it's like big Tom Callahan buying Yeah. A s- Callahan Auto Parts putting a son in charge. But his son pulled it out though. He sold those fucking brake pads. True, true. But this it's like he's not going to score no winning goal. But it's like Tom, big Tom Callahan buying the, El- the Oakland Las Vegas Raiders and then putting Tommy Boy in as the quarterback. <laughs> or like buying the Chiefs and saying, you know what, Patrick? Why don't you sit this one out? Yeah, or old Tommy's Tommy. Coming in. Bo- Tommy's Tommy's got coming it. in to handle this one. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a, just a. Just a funny little story. Or it's like um, uh, an Arkansas billionaire buying a team and saying, I'm going to be the GM and president, and then my son's going to be the executive vice president. And what are you talking about? I don't, I don't get the reference. No, I don't get the reference. Okay, so we'll look, don't know where you're going there. We'll look it up later. All right. So this next, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this one. The headline reads, Doctor apologizes for letting a registered sex offender into a retreat for sex assault survivors. And I shouldn't be laughing. I was going to say, man, you're going to get killed. I shouldn't be laughing, but it's like you had one job. You had one job. How do you get one job and fuck everything up? This lady did. The people that done that. The he- the uh, the oh, article. It was a lady that let him into. It was a lady, oh, no. and she. I should show you a picture of her. The doctor running Project Trauma Support now hmm. says she regrets her decision to allow a registered sex offender to peer mentor a group of sexual assault survivors with PTSD under her care. Seven female first responders and Canadian Forces veterans shared their story publicly with CBC News yesterday. They said their trust was violated by Dr. Manuela Joanu because she failed to tell them their peer mentor recently had been convicted in two separate cases Mm. of sexual assault before attending the six-day trauma retreat in 2018. Uh, She goes on to quote, If I had had a chance to do it all over again, this would not have happened. Did we make some errors in our early efforts? Undoubtedly. Who's but it, we? <laughs> but, She's yeah. putting blame on other yeah. people now. You need to take responsibility. But it has shaped our awareness and our methods going forward. Well, I would hope so. Actually, I would hope you <laughs> I hope so. aren't. You need to go back groceries because this obviously isn't your. It, it's, it's not. It's not your cup of tea. Not you if that was your one job was, was to protect people, women with and, and PTSD. Not, not only did they, she let this person in, they were a peer mentor. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's so many he's just taking here. notes at this point, learning how to be a better sex offender. 
he goes on to say, Retreat participants said they were upset that Johanu's public apology came after several major donors to the program, including the Mood Disorder Society of Canada and the Royal Canadian Royal Canadian Legion severed ties with her charity in the wake of CBC's report, and they said they would not be funding it in the future. Joanna said she started Project Trauma in 2015 as a suicide prevention program. CBC News spoke to a Canadian Forces member who said she'd become suicidal after taking part in the program. Damn. So that's just an all-around bad deal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she, she's out of a job, that's for sure. I don't think, you know, there's nothing much else you can do other than saying, like, you're fucking terrible. You have to, you is know, this like the real-life version of, like, Dr. Nick from The Simpsons? Dr. Nick? Hello, everybody. I thought his name was, like, Dr. Kim. I thought it was Dr. Nick. Oh, I know you're talking about. Why don't you say hello, everybody? <laughs> like, everyone knows who you're talking yeah. about. We're just arguing with names here. It's, I thought but... it was Dr. Nick. But yeah, bad deal. <laughs> don't know, dude, we don't look bad, this shit up. Bad on you, Canada. Uh, okay, in the last story, headline reads, 1,000 feral cats released onto Chicago streets to tackle rat explosion. This I can get down with. This makes all the sense in the world. A, a Chicago animal shelter is using feral cats to tackle the city's rat problem. The Windy City has ranked number one on pest control company Orkin's list of the rattiest cities in the U.S. for six consecutive years as Chicago has had the most rodent pest treatments. In an effort to rein in the explosion of rodents, the Treehouse Humane Society kicked off a f- program to release, release feral felines into areas experiencing rat problems. After humanely capturing the feral cats, the Humane Society spays or neuter- neuters the animal and places them into residential and, and commercial settings with rodent infestations to act as an environment, environmentally friendly rodent control. The Treehouse Humane Society says only rescue cats who uh, only says only rescue cats who cannot thrive in a home or a shelter environment, or cannot be reintegrated into their former colonies, are used for the Cats at Work program, like the name. After receiving approval for a working cat, property and business owners are responsible for their well-being. So I just imagine like a scene out of like an action movie with like explosion going off in the background and there's cats walking in and they got the bandoliers on and they're just going to, they're just going going to do some work on some rats and then you got the one bad cat and he does a big old line of cat in it like, let's fucking go <laughs> no I was thinking they could put a GoPro on these things and like make it make sweet. a legit TV show Sh- out of this stream that to Twitch yeah like I would watch that stream it to Twitch and it would it would you'd have buku of viewers. I mean, it's a good idea. It really is. See, um, it's a good way to do it. And maybe you'll be like, give out an award at the end of the year, like most kills. <laughs> most kills. Kill streak. Who had the most? You give medals of honor to the cats. <laughs> One cat lost his life. He gets the post-mortal, whatever. Uh, but yeah, it just goes on to say, you know, property and business owners provide food, water, and shelter to the cats. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the clients tell us that before they had cats, they would step outside their house and rats would run across their feet. Um, the, the cats will hunt and catch rodents um, on occasion. So, oh, it says there's actually a way to deterring the rats with their pheromones. So, sounds like they might not even hunt. Sounds like the pheromones and the the scent that they give off may may deter the rats. But I don't know, man. No, I want to I want to see this matchup like rats regroup get the numbers back and come back <laughs> and like have a real royal rumble situation so what would be like the what would be like the atomic bomb in that war what's that supposed to mean like, like what would end it what would end it I don't know, fucking german shepherds, <laughs> german shepherds. <laughs> like the dogs have showed up and like they're the they're the total wild cards they have allegiance to nobody that's true they just start fucking killing everyone that's true okay send in the hounds 
So that was the news desk. Um, and with that, let's get on to our Mount Rushmore segment. And as I mentioned in the opening, we are going to list our dream neighbors in our hypothetical cold sack. Yeah, this is something I thought of like a long time ago. It's like, because, you know, I deliver. And I was yeah. like, if I could just live here. And obviously, I got a dope house, you know. Like, it's like a awesome log cabin or something. I don't know. We all live on the lake together. We're all living the dream. And I just got, like, it's me in the center, two on the left, two on the right. These are my dream neighbors. We have, like, barbecues, and we hang out all the time. Okay. Guys who I want to hang out with. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see who you got. First one, in the order again, Bill Simmons. Okay. I don't know if you know who that is. He's Absolutely. a sports writer. He's uh, he's written for ESPN, and then he started The Ringer. He's from Boston, so he's a huge Boston sports fan, so he has, like, hot takes on all that. But uh, he also does the rewatchables. Mm-hmm. And he has the BS podcast. Uh, he just BS sits report. around and talks about movies and sports. Dude, he gets paid, and he's making so much money. Because if he owns the ringer, it's like a media company, mm-hmm. you know, and they have their own stuff coming out. He is living the dream like that. I want his life so bad. Like, he's just one of my favorite guys. Everything he talks about, I've, I've never I, – oh, I shouldn't say never. I don't think I've ever, like, disagreed with anything he said, you know. Like, everything – even if it's a hot take, I'm like, yeah, he's got a good point there. Like, And, you know, he's not controversial. He's real laid back. It's not a bad life to have. Dude, he's living the dream. Uh, my first one, again, no order, Denzel Washington. Denzel, my man. I just think he'd have cool stories. <laughs> big Cowboys fan, too. Big Cowboys fan. Um, I think he'd give me instant street cred. <laughs> Why, because he's black? You went there, not me. <laughs> you went there. Denzel doesn't have street cred. He's like an A-lister. It's not like he took DMX. R.I.P. Dog. Uh, look, this is my list. <laughs> I just think he'd have great stories, good conversations. Definitely, definitely. Uh, he seems like a really smart guy, too. Like, Oh, he's super intelligent. I feel like he would teach us so much. Super like, intelligent. I'm inviting myself over at this point. Yeah, Denzel would be my uh, one of mine. Denzel, next up for me, another. I've mentioned it before on my stand-up comedian, um, Mount Rushmore. To me, he's the funniest guy alive, Larry David. Because I would love for him to just go out, have all his misadventures, have everything terrible happen to him situationally and then him just come over to my house and we just hang out and like talk about it yeah and i'll be like he'll tell me his whole day all the shit that went wrong and i'll just be hilarious and then you could just sit here it's like sit and watch him on his lawn with that face he makes just kind of just yeah i know he's like simmering i'm like i'm gonna go see what's pissing off larry today this is gonna be (laughs) hilarious i'm gonna really poke that bear yeah uh all right my next one um this is just a boyhood thing uh my hero troy aikman Nice. I think there's got to be an athlete on the block. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I agree. He likes to drink a beer. Um, Abs of steel, too. My God. <laughs> doesn't hurt, you know, to have a... have a. In case your dryer goes out, washing machine, just go hey, over there uh, on, on this washboard abs. And, uh, come help me move this hey, if, you, if you need some brick repair, he's ready to just throw them acne bricks right got, up to he's you. He's got the endorsement. Golly, I remember that commercial. Yep. In the way back. Yeah. Uh, and, I don't know, just... Childhood, boyhood hero, living next door, it'd be cool. Uh, seems like he'd know his way around a good bourbon and a good and a good steak. Oh, yeah. So And again, huge Cowboy fan. Yep. Yep. Even uh, though he'll be really critical, which you got to love. I love how he's critical of the Cowboys. Critical, so <laughs> well, after 25 years, it's hard not to yeah, be critical. We'd, we'd get along. All right, next up was my athlete, and that's Charles Barkley. I fucking love Charles Barkley. Again, instant street cred for me. <laughs> Again, it's not like the round mound is rolling with the blood. <laughs> He's got Samuel Jackson and Spike Lee, though. True. He's in those commercials. He's True. making all that money. And, like, 
was it inside the NBA or the before pregame and yeah. postgame? Like, he makes that. Like, there's times where they replace him with Dwayne Wade, and I fucking hate Dwayne Wade. So every time that's like, I just change the channel. I feel like they're trying to not phase Al Barkley, but when he's ready to retire, like, D Wade's going to take his spot, and oh. that's the day I not watch that show I, anymore. I love that Barkley just doesn't give a fuck. Oh, he doesn't give a like, fuck. You should hear his ta- if you hear his takes years ago on San Antonio women about it all being too fat yes. and need to lay off the churros. Yes. <laughs> and then like a week ago there was somebody else that talked shit about him because they'll post like a tweet on that inside uh-huh. and he's like, No, no, no. He's like, Don't go to commercial. He's like, put that tweet up. He goes, Look at that fat ass. You telling me I'm too fat? <laughs> and he just rails on this guy that just made like this off heart this offhanded, you know, light joke on Charles. Yeah, and Charles just ripped him apart on national I, I television. Because there's too many guys that are PC. Oh man, Barkley is you know, not PC. Give a shit. Barkley's a fucking man. Barkley would probably be my one pick. If I could have one neighbor, it'd probably be Barkley. Yeah. Okay. All right. My uh, my third one, and uh, this is shout out Ryan because he's the, I think he's the only one that I know that shares a love for this guy like I do. It's Guy Fieri. Oh yeah, Guy Fieri. Because I've been... I need somebody on in the cold sack that can throw down in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. He's got a cool car collection. He's just a dope dude. Like. Okay, yeah, he's got crazy hair and he wears crazy shirts, but the dude he he hires he hires people and gives them benefits. He pays them more than he has to. He gives benefits to all of his employees. He started a nonprofit. Um, he does these like pretzel carts for like underprivileged schools. He gives them the cart, the materials, everything they need to make, and all the proceeds they get to keep. He has that program. He started a big program over the pandemic to help out restaurant and industry, service industry people. He's just a cool dude. Uh, I've always heard he's just like a great person. Yeah, like you just said. I think he is just uh, a great that, person. And when you have a reputation like that, it's good. You know, it's true. Like no one's ever said like a bad thing about him. No, and people, he's an easy target. Yeah, he's got the hair and the sunglasses and the ring. Yeah, it's just haters hating. Yeah, and it's a, he is a cool fucking guy. He's a cool dude. He would, you know, like I said, he'd throw down on the grill. He'd throw down in the kitchen. It'd be good, you know. To have him next door. And he's just a cool dude. So, Guy Fieri is probably my... He may be my neighbor. Like, if I had one. You could pick one? You could pick guy? dude, yeah. It's not a bad pick. All right, right, last one. I'm split because I got two musicians here. One new school, one old school. I think I'm going to go old school. That's Willie Nelson. Got to have Willie Nelson when he's not touring. We're at the house. I'm sure he's got something for me to sample. Yep. We can trade bandanas. You can. I mean, he'd have way cooler stories than me, but I would be very attentive. You look like his son. I appreciate that. His son's very handsome. Lucas Nelson, he's extremely hey, talented trying, guy. Trying to throw you a bone here, guy. Hey, I'll take it. Hey, take I appreciate it, it man. Yeah. It's not every day you get a compliment yeah, like that. I appreciate right. that. Uh, uh, you better hurry up and scoop him up, because, man, I feel, I, I'm so afraid, like, he's just one of the next ones to go. Oh, why would you even say that, man? I'm just being real. Well, Dopey. I just said he'd be on my it's okay. dream neighbor, and you said, well, he's probably going to die soon. It's okay, because I... You, 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 Alright, well... You're going to be able to say that about my next one. Oh, yeah. Let me get yours, and I'll do my two honorable mentions. Alright, so my last one. Um, Betty White. Oh, yeah, she's fucking dead. Because I... <laughs> she's fucking dying right now, dude. That's why I gotta hurry up and put her on. She just took that last breath as soon as you said her name. I gotta put her in the neighborhood real quick. I just feel like I needed. I need. You need more street cred. <laughs> she may have more than Denzel. <laughs> yeah, for real, that's your street cred. She right may there, have the more than Denzel. Boys. Now that I think about it, 
no, I just I think a grand like a grandmotherly figure would be oh, nice shit. to have, you know, in in the cul-de-sac in the neighborhood. You have a very wholesome list. I, I like do. it. I do. I try to think about like Denzel is probably the most controversial, and he's really not that controversial. I think really. just because he's black. Is why I said that. <laughs> Oh god! All right, all right, Denzel. Um, yeah, Betty White. She could. I feel like she could make some cookies. Yep. And have a drink with me. Uh, just having that. You know, I don't, I don't have any grandparents left, so having you know Betty White, kind of feel that, feel that for me, and talk about stories. She's been around literally for fucking ever. <laughs> literally um, forever. Uh, so yeah, Betty White. All right, my two honorable mentions. The one who I picked, uh, Willie over was Mac Demarco. And now that Willie might be dying, I guess I'll swing back in there. Um, he's just like a really funny, cool guy. You know, he had put on a good show when we went and saw him. He just had a bottle of Jameson the whole time. He's just in, dancing around. Just seems like he just loves life. Uh, all his videos are hilarious. His interviews, he's like just the biggest oddball, you know, but he makes it work. And he's Canadian. All right. International list here. Um, and he was MacGruber, actually. He dressed up. He had, yeah, when he was on tour that. for Halloween, he got his whole crew. It was like, the, everyone was dressed up at MacGruber. It was a perfect picture. And my last honorable mention would be Dirk. Okay. That would be an awesome person, again, just to hang out with. Yep. Play some tennis. Tall play some doubles. Yeah. Well, we share it, because Dirk was on my honorable mention. That's what's it. And my last one, I needed some eye candy. Scarlett Johansson. That's going to get you in trouble with Lauren, real quick. You Lauren's think? coming to the cold, to the dream house, right? We didn't say anything about life. <laughs> oh, damn, Doc. This is me living alone. Okay. So, yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, and I I, I picked Dirk as well because, I mean, he's Dirk. He's just the man. He's like a Dallas legend forever. He's the man. He had that interview today, which yeah. I know a lot of us listen yeah. to with mm-hmm. uh, the Bill Simmons, yep. the BS it report. Great. It was great. Like, I skipped through all that just to get to him. And, like, the final hour was all Dirk. And I was yep. like, such a wholesome, laid-back, like, superstar. He really mm-hmm. was. He was a superstar. They just don't make them like they used to. Man. I hope some of that rubs off on Luca. Oh yeah, that's what everyone was saying coming out of that. Like, I hope Luca yeah. has another twenty years, just like yep. Dirk. All right, so that was our Mount Rushmore. If you guys want to share your dream neighbors, drop or, us a line on Instagram. Or if you got any ideas yeah, for uh, for Mount Rushmores, we can put your idea on here and give you a credit and a shout out mm-hmm, for sure. And that's going to move us right on into Pick Your Poison. Uh, did I do it last time? I thought I did. Okay. Because I thought it was a really bad one. Oh, yeah. That's been kind of bad the last couple of weeks. All right. Let's see. I feel like this is a good one. Nice. All right. Here we go. I don't like that word. <coughs> Would you rather sell all of your possessions or sell one of your organs? Jesus, that's dark. Yeah, I read things. Uh, I was like, "Oh God." Well, I would probably sell. Honestly, it comes down to what I get the most for. <laughs> like, if I could get like, I'd, I'd probably sell my possessions because I don't know, like, obviously the black market, like how much I can get for this, and because can't you live off of like one kid, one one kidney, one my, kidney? My brother-in-law has one kidney. I heard you can get like isn't the liver? I learned this the other day is like the only organ in your body that like self it can, can like regenerate. regenerate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll just give like half a liver. This has got to be the whole thing. I don't think a whole thing will regenerate. No, I'm giving a kidney. For I'll keep my stuff. Roll mm. with one kidney. But I was thinking if I sell all my stuff, could I then just like buy an RV and like deuce out of here? Because I'd probably just do that. That's like our retirement plan is just to buy mm-hmm. an RV, RV hit every national park in the Great Lakes. Like that's, this is your poison. Yeah, I'm gonna sell my stuff and I'm out of here, man. <laughs> I'm out. Of here. I'm out. Yeah, I'm deucing. I'm I'm 
I'll like see you at Zion. I'll see you at Lake Superior at Huron. I'm going to okay. all those places. All right, I'm gonna keep. Uh, I'm gonna keep my stuff and sell my kidney. I think. Oh, organ. Can I sell an eye? Is an eye an organ? <sighs> I think it is. That'd be cool because you can work the iPad. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Fuck that. I'll sell an eye. I got a lazy one anyways. That shit don't do anything for me. <laughs> True. I have a just terrible right eye. Yeah, I'll just, just pluck take it that out. out. Absolutely. Keep your stuff. All right. If an eye is an organ, then yeah. Okay. Does anybody out there know? Let us know if an eye is an organ. If it is, Andrew's in. I'm definitely in. I'm going to keep my stuff. Uh, Landry got a new Nintendo Switch. <laughs> so so I want to keep it. <laughs> I just got I the Switch. <laughs> come on. I got take my eye, but let me keep the Switch. Yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> you could easily buy a new Switch, dude. It's like you can go fucking get a new eye. All right. Well, I'm selling all my stuff, and I'm selling the eye, so I can double my money. Uh, you're a smart man. All right. I just have a terrible, like, right eye. With that, let's get in to the movie review. And we reviewed The Big Green. Yes, we did. From Disney. Elma, Texas. Elma, Texas. Again. Very depressing town. It kind of followed the same Disney formula. Ragtag team. Kids come together. But this one at least was different because the coach was like, from England, where soccer's huge. Yeah. She teaches them there's not shit else to do in that town. And uh, there was something very topical, like the big kind of problem was very topical, you know, nowadays, you know, the immigration side of it. Oh. Uh, the deportation. Yeah, they got stuff. kind of kind of dark it with Juan, with <laughs> what was his name? Coach J. Huffer. Why does he play a prick in every movie? He I just put on here, he has an extremely punchable face. That probably bought him a house in Malibu. He, he played, Playing that asshole. He played a prick in Angels in the Outfield. Yeah, he did. He's just that guy. He just has that punchable face. Yeah. Everyone loves to hate. All right, so let's get into it. So we open up in Elma, Texas. What I like, though, is they made the city or the town of Elma like a big character. Just uh-huh. to show you yeah. how run down and you know, all the factories were closed and everyone was leaving. So it's like the city of Elma that was like a character in itself. Just to For show sure. you like where these kids are coming from. Well, and, you know, small towns are like that because, you know, I mentioned I went down to my sister's. She lives out in Eastland, and it's not like Elma, but it is, you know, 3,500 people, and it's very tight over there. Yeah, it's a tight community. Everybody knows everybody, you know, like my sister and her her husband, they go to sports games, and they don't have kids playing, like high school sports. There's just ain't shit else to do? Because they're, it's part oh, of the community, just more you know? community, you know, right. It's just, and there ain't shit else to do, probably. Well... But, it's a little weird because my brother does uh, radio for uh, he does radio for baseball and he does PA for the for the football. But oh, that's a good reason. To but go regardless, there. I mean, they go support everything anyway. So, um, so we start out in Elma, um, and the first scene, you know, just kind of shows that there's nothing to do because their idea of fun is they lay on the ground, they spread Cheetos all over the body, and let the birds come yeah. and. Eat nothing, off of them. nothing better to do. And I said the amount of disease in that scene made my skin crawl. Yeah, I mean, nothing else to do. Might as well get a disease and die in Elma, Texas, I guess. But that was pre-COVID, obviously, so, I mean, fuck it, YOLO. Yeah, that was the 90s, man. How much gross shit did you we used to off, do? You can mark off YOLO on your mob and lazy guy's bingo card if you had that. Well, that was Matt that said that. <clears throat> I hope I don't. I think they, I think they knew. Um... And then we get a glimpse of the new teacher, and she is hot. I don't oh, yeah. know. It's just the accent, and just... Was that the sister off the Wonder Years? 
How the fuck should I know? I don't know. <laughs> I think it was That's a random question. I as if I have that in my Rolodex. I, maybe shit. I don't know. Uh, you know how long it's been since I've seen the Wonder Years? <laughs> I can't. All I can picture is Fred you Savage. Like, you act like you don't have random shit up there. So don't. It's not like a way off thing for me. When someone asks you, is that the sister from the girl from Wonder Years? I'm going, what was that? What was her name like? Millie? Fuck, I don't know. And Fred Savage. And I know this because Claire had a crush on the. Fre- not Fred Savage, who's like a. You know, a, he's an attractive guy now. She had a f- crush on his, her. On Fred's friend, Paul Pfeiffer, the or whatever. The nose and the glasses? Yeah, that was one of her childhood crushes. That's as weird as So her. that's how, you know, I got lucky enough, because she said those low <laughs> standards for 30 years. That's as weird as her eating, like, preference, like her taco preferences. Well, I'm not going to dig that back up. So we get yeah, introduced keep to that the teacher. Um, and I wrote, I would like to live in a town like Elma. I mean, just everybody knows As long as everybody. you had a good job. Yeah, and, I'm not gonna be like the rundown. Like, if I can be like the mail carrier there and make a decent living, like, yeah, I'll totally live there. I got in, no problem with you'd that. Be done in 45 minutes. Yeah, I'd knock out every, every house, no packages, and you'd probably have to like teach school too. That's cool. I'll be the, I'll marry that teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we get introduced to the teacher. We get introduced to the town. A couple of the kids. We go into school, and she's like, "Hey, I'm the new teacher." And we found out that this town raises really stupid people because I've had the lowest test scores in the state for like four years in a row. Well, they probably had a terrible teacher. I mean, these well, kids are dumb. Well, uh, let's let's fast forward to the end. They're okay. now fourth. I will say that for a town this small, they have impressive diversity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had the. They had, they had an Asian. They had, <laughs> they had some white people. Um, the twins. The twins. And they were black. And then they get. And I wrote Juwan Moore Ailey's. That's how the uh, principal introduced him. <laughs> Juwan. Um, Looks like Juwan got held back a couple years too, especially when they start playing games later. Oh, those kids are He tiny. is a, he is a like, man among boys on that field. I'm not going to get super soccer tactics guy, but. Just one one point. Just give it to him and let him just run through oh, everybody. Yeah. Like, you don't need to involve everybody else. Just get it to him, and he'll do the rest. No, you know you have a star in your hands. Um, and uh, there's a goat. I said, I want the goat. There is a goat. I want the goat. And then the great and wonderful Steve Gutenberg makes his appearance. Thank you. I was. That's literally the second thing I said was, about time we have a Steve Gutenberg appearance. I'm on glad you mentioned that. Dude, Steve Gutenberg's a man. I'm glad we agree on that. Yep. Uh, so he uh, he shoots his shot. He finds the uh, he finds the teacher running down the way. I mean, she's like an angel sent from heaven in Elma, Texas. Like I would, I bet his ex is like just haggard looking. They should have called her the body because she was just bodied up in that red Adidas jumpsuit. She looked good in every scene. Not All right. Uh, yeah, Sheriff Tom shoots his shot, but he's shooting blanks because she's not <laughs> she's not having it. We get the first sighting of Juan thereafter. Um, he's pulling into town with his mom in the station wagon. They're getting gas. Kate's dad pulls up. Oh, yeah. That was a gas. dark scene because yeah. he's like, you know, she won't give him gas because, or oh, the gas attendant or whatever, because she's like, you know, you haven't paid your debt. And you can tell he's just like the town drunk. Mm-hmm. He's in debt to everybody. He's like, you know, the factory shut down. I can't get a job. And I'm like already feeling sympathy for Kate. Yep. Throughout the whole movie, mm-hmm. really, you just feel bad for Kate yep. because of that situation. So that was something that was like a kid's movie to like rewatch it. And I was like, man, it was pretty dark that they went there. And, you know, like it 
put that character out there and but i guess you know it's relatable to some people and you know we find out like his wife left him and all this like it's a dark little story for them yep uh we get hit you know like you said we get the we meet him for the first time real piece of work he can't get the gas um the lady's like, look, I got family to feed, too. Yeah. She's probably already given him some way. Oh, yeah, there's and, a line of credit that just finally she couldn't yeah, call Yeah, she it. just couldn't. I'll just say, though, he never has money. Always got a cold beer. Mm-hmm. Always a pack of smokes. And he's always at the bar. So he's got drinking money. Well, that's how it is. Yeah. With, you know, you make. Yeah, he's had the wrong priorities. Yeah, you know, people like that have priorities and they just pick the wrong ones. So they've always got money for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we, we meet Juan, Juan meets the class, and this is where the principal says Juan Morales <laughs> instead of Juan Morales. Um, and so he gets introduced to the class. They're already giving him shit, like tripping him and, you know, kind of making fun of him. And I wrote, uh, I remember the maps, the maps that she's pointing to. Remember the maps in school that had like four or five maps? Like you'd pull one down, it'd be like the United States. Oh, yeah. You'd pull yeah. another one down, it'd be like the world. And pull another one, it'd be Europe. I remember those maps. I don't know. It's just a, it's a stupid 90s detail. Absolutely. Um, stupid detail uh, that I remembered. Um, and then this is where she gets the idea for the soccer. She pulls the globe out, she starts juggling it. She starts hitting on her head, which would have fucking hurt, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Those globes are hard as shit. Yeah. That wasn't a real globe. Um, and then she takes him outside. He's like, hey, I have an idea. Follow me outside. And she tries to get him to play soccer. And then she goes, or no, she goes to try to find a, a, a an actual soccer ball. And I wrote, America's soccer stereotype wrapped up in one scene. Because the kids are like, what's, what's he say? We don't like soccer. Or soccer's for foreigners, or something like that. Here in America, we, I don't know. He said something to that effect, like basically, we play football. We play football. Soccer's for foreigners, and we don't like foreigners, or something like that. But there was like a couple stereotypes. In there there was, was a like, couple of references to not liking foreigners in this movie too, because yeah, yeah. like Kate's dad said something later, like, yep. "Yeah, they're mo- they're pretty much all illegals." Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, but the best part was like she teaches them like the very basics, and she's like, "Guess what." Sign you up for leagues. Is that where you're going next? Like, yeah. sign up after one practice. Yeah, not even like a practice. They Not just even a practice. The They're around. just fucking around. And now uh, they have to play like the state champs. She, says, so she signs the kids up for a league and throws them directly in the fire. Oh, yeah. For the fuck to play the Knights. <clears throat> and so, you know, they're trying to get Juan to play next. And that goes nowhere because her, his mom kind of shuts it down. We don't know yet, but, you know, she's trying to protect him because they are illegal. She's trying, you know, she's wanting to keep him, you know, as close as she can. Yeah. So, next scene is the first game, and I wrote, she drives a fucking Chrysler LeBaron. A convertible. <laughs> was in a long time. A convertible LeBaron, which is a badass American piece of American, you know, muscle, not muscle, but. <laughs> it's very <laughs> puny muscle, but. It's beach muscles. Um, oh, yeah, very beach muscles. Good point. Okay, so. <sighs> that first game. There's just so much wrong. And I'm not going to be super soccer guy here. The fucking bullhorn. Like, if I was a parent on that team, I'd be like, hey, guy, what are you doing? Put the fucking bullhorn away. Oh, the coach? Yeah. yeah Put the bullhorn away. He, isn't he bullhorn guy, though? Like, he looks like the kind of guy that would bring that to a, to a kid's game. Yes. Put the bullhorn away. It's very on character okay? for Coach J. Huffer. All right. Um, Is it Huffer? Did I just spell it wrong? I think it's Huffer. Huff- H-U-F-F-E-R is what I, I think. I think it's Huffer. I'm left-handed, so it's I think always it's Huffer. hard to translate. My <clears throat> and then, you know, he... We find out that, you know, he's from Elma, 
He grew yep. up with with Sheriff. Oh yeah, because I think we mentioned like they had a sense of pride in that town like twenty years ago when they won like state championship. Yeah, they they and said I, they were a powerhouse. But yeah, I guess it was like him day. and Deputy Dog that were probably like you know the starting quarterback and receiver or something, yeah. and then one stayed and one left to go to the big city, which in this case is Austin. Like mm-hmm. I guess they almost close to Austin. Yeah, so fictional like, city, but it was is it? yeah fictional. I looked it up. Fictional city, but it was filmed. Right outside Austin, yeah, kind of because you can country. see when they go and play, it's really cool fields. It's like you can see the Dallas or the Austin like skyline, skyline, and then yeah. they're just in these big open fields. I was like, I would love to go watch a game there. It looks awesome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we find out that they, you know, they have a past. Um, Coach Douche, Coach Bullhorn has a Coach Douche Bullhorn. <clears throat> Coach Bullhorn has a, a son on the team. He informs him he's the leading scorer. Blah blah blah. And I wrote, Disney does a great job of casting, like, villain opposing teams or villain, like, teams in these sports movies. Because these they kids. hate these kids, yeah. I want to punch them. Um, and then I wrote, uh, the soccer nostalgia is hitting me real hard. The uniforms, the cleats, the hair. Like, the, that's what I. The snack I mean, breaks at halftime. Like, orange slices. Dude, the uniforms were, were cool because I grew up playing in playing with or playing against teams that had those uniforms and the cleats and the hair the it was like the the long with the butt part in the middle oh totally yeah Everyone had that hair. yeah so a lot of flopping a lot of nostalgia chili bowls in that game a lot of nostalgia the game though is a, i don't know did you have the score it's a total massacre yeah it's 18 nil 18 at the end um and i was gonna ask why do they call it nil um, like is there an origin of that i would guess maybe latin Maybe like nil is something Latin for zero. zero. I don't know. Okay. It's 18. I know it's a soccer thing. And then they say it in tennis, maybe? No, I think it's love. Love. See, that makes no sense either. I don't know. Uh, I but did anyways. write that during halftime, Larry was double fisting Twinkies <laughs> um, instead of orange slices. So, um, and I, I do have I do have a question for you. Yeah. <clears throat> I do have a question for you. Um, who was worse at the beginning? Goldberg or Larry? Like Goldberg. at the beginning of the Goldberg. Larry had like a something wrong with him mentally. You know, like he he still had some skill, you could say. He just couldn't get it over the mental aspect of like they were getting in his head and when like they were playing the Knights, he would see like <clears throat> Knights coming at him. Goldberg was just a big turd. Well, so did Goldberg. He didn't start stopping pucks until he realized they didn't hurt. Remember when they strapped him to He's the goal? Covered in pads. This guy's out there with just gloves on though. I, I can't defend Goldberg. He was a terrible goalie. Well, at so least, was Larry at the beginning. At the beginning, it took Go- Goldberg should have been replaced. He he stayed in goal even when they were on the, like the Olympic team and they had Julie the Cat or whatever and like she should have instantly taken his job and they still kept his fat ass in. No, Goldberg's well, terrible. Okay, I just wanted to. That was when I was watching the movie. It was I a good comparison. They were both to, goalies for us. Of to, how they get like, oh, you're fat. Yeah, you're the goalie. So yeah, I just wrote down the final scores: eighteen nil. Um, also, then, can I say? Mm-hmm. Moms come a long way. You start seeing all the soccer moms out there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of just not attractive women. And yep. now I bet if you go to a soccer game, it's just like attractive women everywhere, mm-hmm. to put it respectfully. Yep. Absolutely. So I'm just seeing a lot of mom jeans, a lot of like vest on, like <laughs> denim vest on. And it's like, yeah, we've come a long way, man. All right. Um, and then, so I guess it's the next day. They're back in town. Uh, Kate and a couple of the girls are walking down the street. And poor Kate sees her dad passed out at the bar as they walk past, and, and she, she just has she's to walking jet with friends home. too, and that's the bad yeah. thing. She's like, "I just got to go, guys." Yeah. And again, it's like this moment with her. Where it's like you just start. You just obviously feel bad for her. Yeah. Um. 
let's see. And then we go into like a hilarious like kid driving scene. Yeah, but Deputy Dog letting the boys drive his patrol car like they're the Dukes of Hazard. And it's I mean, they just let him just like in an open field. And they were just <laughs> jumping hills and and it's obviously you know on a trailer hydraulic and it's got a green screen in the back. You know <laughs> when it shows the the view from inside the car, uh-huh. it's pretty bad. But I don't know, hilarious scene. Um, He's one of like two cops in that city so it's like him and the sheriff so it's like until the sheriff's dead he can do whatever he wants and even then he's just king of this town so i I can see myself doing that um so i guess uh the next scene is they go back to class and they're all kind of butthurt about the loss and uh they're picking on juan uh and juan kind of shows them what's up larry challenges them and juan kind of flicks the ball up juggles it for a second oh he does like every trick you could think of too before just Scoring on him. Yep. And then everybody's like, oh, shit, we need this guy. They beg him to play, and he explains, like, hey, I can't. You know, it's a family thing. Um, And then all the kids go to Juan's house, ask his mom, and she gives in. And that leads us to the second game. Yeah. And leading up to that, I have one of these lines. I I guess it fit in right here. Kick butt all the way to Pizza Hut. I gotta start using that line. Kick butt all the way to Pizza Hut. Get ready for my trash talk next year in Fantasy League football, boys. <laughs> so I'm kicking butt all the way to Pizza Hut. Uh, um, is it so we're at the second game. I wrote second game. Still no uniforms. Um, oh, we gotta talk about how they um finally got their name because remember the Knights were giving them all shit because they were just showed up in their nowhere. clothes. Yeah, just mean kids, man. Nobody's kids from are fucking mean. Um. So they get the name Big Green because that was the name of their old football field. Yep. That they're now going to like, you know, use that as their home field to mm-hmm. practice on. But they go by Big Green and yeah, they got to go. But it's like a pride for them, you know, like it's not an insult. Like they're proud of that. And unknowingly, cool. they birthed the name for generations of youth soccer teams forever. What, Big Green? Yeah. My son Landry played on a team named the Big Green. That's really cool. What I was thinking, I was going to ask you. So these MLS teams and I guess mm-hmm. soccer teams, they don't have like like Cowboys or Mavericks, right? I know we're just FC Dallas. No, um, and originally in 96 when the league started, everybody did have a mascot. Will be like the Bulls or something? Because I've seen... Dallas Burn. Why do we have like a Longhorn on the... Because, I don't know, it's part of the rebrand. And if you look in the middle of the bull head on our crest, it has like a little flame. It's like a kind of like a... Yeah. Well, I, was just I would, I would have never changed it from the Dallas Burn, um, just because it was unique. What about um, the colors? Yeah, the, the sidekicks. That's yes, that is a uniquely American thing. Um, you will find over in Korea, um, they do have uh, a couple, of few teams with mascots in their name. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you're right. Generally, in Europe, South America, it's, you got like LA Galaxy. Yeah, you still have the Galaxy. Yeah, you still got shit like that. So that's why I was like, well, some of these. Like, if there isn't New York, like, the Red Bulls or somebody's the Red Bulls. Yeah, but they used to be the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars, and then the and then Red Bull actually bought them, and they changed the name wow. to New York Red Bulls. Well, the only reason I asked, because I thought it would be so cool, because now Austin has a team, if they were, like, Austin, Big Green, and, like, paid homage to that. <laughs> well, they, that's something Austin would do. One know? of their colors are, their colors are green. They green and black. Cool colors. I like, I like their logo. I even showed it to Claire. It um, looks like a tree with all these roots or something. Yeah. But, uh, the Columbus Crew... Last week announced that they were going to rebrand to just Columbus SC. It pissed a lot of people off, and didn't the fans it? revolted. And well, that is a cool name though, because you're like well, the crew. It's it's heritage, like it's it's history. It's it's heritage. It's 
who you were. Um, and it made us, it was just uniquely American. It was uniquely MLS. And now, you know, we've got all these watered down names, you know, Nashville SC and FC Dallas, you know, it, that, that was kind of unique to us. And that was kind of the one thing that we could, you know, kind of claim as kind of ours. And you do get these general just names, you know, it's not like, you know, we like Arsenal, like that's really cool, you know, for yeah. the Premier League or, you know, a lot of these town, a lot of these clubs in Europe are named after the neighborhoods uh, like Chelsea, you know, Chelsea's in London, but I guess Chelsea's like a subsect or sub neighborhood of London um, or the, they're named after the town and it just made us uniquely American to have the Dallas burn, the LA galaxy, uh, Chicago fire. It, I liked it. And I think it's just over generalized. It's all vanilla. Um, but I, that's a tangent. Um, but yeah, there are still a few teams here in the, in the States that do have, I say, let them keep it. I, I'm all for it. Um, where were we? Uh, Game two. Uh, game two. Juan comes in. Mm, yes, uh, Larry's still fucking terrible. I have that written down. Yeah, I have. We have another Goldberg at goalie. Yeah. Um. And then I wrote that team let a chicken flannel score on them. Chicken, the Kate scored because she was wearing flannel. Uh, she was wearing I thought a flannel it was like shirt. A reference to the score. No, she she was yep, wearing. She scored the first goal of the season, and then she goes back home to her depression. Yeah, and her dad just doesn't give a shit. Not at all. Uh. And then after that, we get a classic Disney music montage where they're playing in the rain. Parents join in to... Parents are like, come on, let's go. And they're like, no, come and get the ball. <laughs> and I put on music. Here, yeah, the wholesome parent kid soccer game practice in the rain, but I would be the asshole dad who just waves and get in his car. Like, I'm not getting out I'd there. I'd be in there. I'd be taking every kid out. Be tackling. I would just be... Just right nope, into their knees. No, nope. I go in my truck, turn on NPR. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to some Ira Glass. Like, what do we got this week, bud? Uh, all right. And then we finally get some uniforms. Well, they finally get the bright idea. Like, let's just get some green shirts. Yeah, it's really all it took. It's all green it took. shirts with a number. Um, and I wrote they're finally starting to look like soccer players. Um, and we get on this long montage of just them in different games. They're doing really well. And I will say they filmed it really well because there are some like nice passes going on like oh, yeah. intelligent <clears throat> i was gonna say like intelligent know, play like they really made instead of this whole movie they especially near the end like the final like 20 minutes or whatever like the, it was like a legit like soccer scenes you know like i thought they did a really good job of that not just try to make like dumb small town jokes and all these <laughs> shenanigans in town like they really went out and made like a soccer movie yeah and i will say before i forget that <clears throat> the actor who played one he is from Texas. He was born in San Antonio, and he actually went on to play at Furman University with, and if anybody out there knows soccer, Clint Dempsey, who was a huge star for the United States. He's from States. Texas, He's too, from Nacogdoches, it? yeah. Yeah, that's uh, But he played on the same team as Clint Dempsey at Furman, and he's now a coach at Furman. So he actually did have talent. I mean, you could see it in the show, in the movie, but oh, yeah, he actually talented. did. He actually was a soccer player, went on to play collegiate soccer and all that. So <clears throat> before I forget that. Um so after the montage, all of a sudden they're eight two and one. Yeah, I wrote that, that means they went on an eight oh one streak. Mm-hmm. Yep. They only lost one game after that first one and drew one. Um and they've made it to the final. Um just like that. Yep. We're in the finals. And then I wrote uh Bull Douche comes back to town. Just ruining lives for the sake of winning a city Mike, soccer championship. Mike dude, are you that scared? 
Like your kid's leading score. He's just that big of an asshole. Uh, and probably scared too, but just mean person. And a uh, huge bigot. Like he's oh, a huge yeah. racist. So he big finds finds time. out, you know, he finds out that he has this angle to work. And yeah, he's at the bar with Kate's dad and they kind of spills the beans about that. And he's yeah. like, let me buy you another drink. And Which he, is the way to that guy's heart. He so. wants to win a championship so bad he's willing to have a family deported. Yeah, right? Like ripping families apart for not even like a state championship, like a city championship. It's a youth. Uh, and I'm about to get back into that world again. Landry's is going to start summer league baseball nice. here in a couple weeks. And I'm dreading that because I, I just can't stand youth support parents. And oh, coaches, toxic. I just can't stand it. Yeah, just let them know. Hey, no scouts are here right now. You know that, right? Like these kids are like eight or power like six. six. Yeah, it's the same thing with my nephew. He's like ten now. People just losing their fucking minds. It's like they're playing flag football. Like they're gonna eat. They're eating fruit roll ups after this. You know, like, yeah. Nobody. They they they're looking forward to going home and play video games. Oh, absolutely. They do not care. Most of them are playing these sports because their dads are like, "Hey, you want to play football? You want to play baseball?" That and they just want to do whatever their friends are doing. Yeah, they, they don't got care. A friend on the team. They don't something. care. Uh, you care infinitely more than they do. Big time. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, um, big game. Juan's nowhere to be found. They get New Jersey's too for the championship. They get New Jersey's the whole town, sweet jerseys. At that point, what I really like is the whole town's behind them. Yeah. Like, they're giving out green beer, and Kate's dad, like, what is it, St. Patrick's Day? Like, no, like, it's big green day. As if you would know, like, it could be. What do you care? Just drink it, yeah, stupid. Yeah, just fucking drink. You know you're going to drink it anyways. But, like, the whole <laughs> town really gets behind them. Everybody's, like, painting on their car. They got, like, rows of cars going out. So, when they get mm-hmm. their new uniforms, you know, like, the kids are so excited. They all jump in their cars, and it's, like, 20 cars just headed out. So, I really yep. like that. I really like how the whole team brought the town together, which was yep. a cool theme. Uh, I got busy at work. I couldn't take notes on the on the final. Can you carry me through this final? Oh, man, uh, yeah, I think it went to. I think it was it was two to nothing at halftime. Knights were up. Juan shows up. Mm-hmm. There's like an injury on the field, so I don't know if that means like now we can sub this guy in. Deputy Dog brings him and his wife, or him and his wife, him and Juan's mom, and he tells her like, "I got her a lawyer, and I'm going to sponsor her," mm-hmm. which is another a great thing, you know. Like that's all really cool to do. Leave um, to Steve Gutenberg. Such a great guy. What a, we should just call it the Steve Gutenberg podcast. What a guy. Be. If we have to like change his name again, it's going to be like Gutenberg's podcast <laughs> or something like that. It's going to be themed for him somehow. Gutenpod. Uh, Juan, Juan ties it. It's a 2-2 game. He ties it as time expires. Uh, so they go to this shootout. The ref tells him, like, you know, we're not doing overtime or whatever. We're going straight. Penalty kicks. Um, they thank, pick you out. For, thank you for getting that term right. Penalty kicks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I put down PK. Even got the prevision. Um, that works as so, well. So they pick out their first four, and they're like, "All right, we need one more." And little Newt, little Newt, is like, "I'll do it." He's like, "He's like, I'm not scared, and I got a low center of gravity." I didn't sound anything like that kid when I did that impersonation. So um, I even had the sh- I even had the scores here: is one one, then two two, three three. That can't be right. Three three again. Then they both miss. So Larry actually blocked like two in a row. Yeah, he did. And then he got to the final shot, and it's. You know, bullhorn douchebag coach's son's up. He's like, This is my boy. Oh, I wish I had the line down. He goes, This is my son. This is everyone's favorite player. And he's like, Yeah, let's go. And he gets the crowd standing. And then uh, Larry does like reverse psychology. So he's seeing the kid as like the knight and he's getting scared. And he's like, Become the nightmare. And then he's like, Some, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what it was. Shaman warrior. And he's like, You know, spinning like a baton around or something. So he kind of freaks out the kid. Um, and he ends up blocking the shot. So it's, it was what? Three four at that point, or no? It had to be still three 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 three. Yeah, because they won on three four. So it's three three. And little Newt comes up and he like sets the ball down, and gets, gets a little, running start, gets a little goat horn. Yeah, he gets his little goat horn start. 
doing that with his foot, which I, I feel stupid now because people can't see me doing that. <laughs> but he was like, you know, digging into the ground. And then he runs and does like a sliding kick and just goes straight in and fucking little new one at three, four. Um, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I put Big Green as immediately on my Mount Rushmore of soccer movies, along with Final Score. Have you seen that with Dave Bautista? That's a dope action nope. movie that takes place like at a, I don't know if it's a Premier League game, but it was like, it was like, uh, it was like Die Hard at a soccer game, dude. Nice. It's fucking good. Have you seen Green Street Hooligans? Green Street Hooligans number two on my list, dog. Okay, sorry, sorry. And the last one, Kicking and Screaming, because I couldn't think yeah. of a third <laughs> soccer movie. That's a decent movie. It's another like kids movie. For sure. Um. Yeah, and that was it. And then you like see them back in town. They got a billboard. They're the junior division soccer champions, and they now have the fourth highest test scores in the state, which is overshadowed and a great accomplishment. <laughs> and I thought British lady should be the national teacher of the year after all she's done. That's right. Not and only like turning that town and soccer team around, but they're like fourth in scores now. Yeah, and you skipped over that Bulldish had to kiss the goat. Oh yeah, that was a, that was the that was the bet they made. because what he a, thought they were going to win. Slime ball. That's like, hey, uh, how about if we win, you give me a kiss. Well, how about you kiss my goat, bitch? And he did. He, he at least he's made of his word. You know, he honored that he deal. He did. About the only honorable thing he, he did, did all movie. All right, so that was the big green. Uh, just another blast from the past. It was we, actually a really good, like, wholesome movie. We love doing. I don't know, but I love doing these these movies from our childhood. I like it. If anybody else doesn't, well. Make your own podcast, I guess. I don't know. Yep. Tell you. That's our podcast. Make whatever we want. Uh, if anybody's got any suggestions, if you got our numbers, text us. If not, reach out to us Man, on Put Instagram. your number out there for everybody. Nah. <laughs> I think like all 12 of them may have it. Um, and if they don't, then they put my, my number. <laughs> so we'll just like correspond with each other. Um, so yeah, that was Big Green. Uh, do we have a direction we're going for the next pod? I wish we talked about this beforehand. Uh, we could put up... The two movies that didn't... Oh, shit. I did put on here. I want to review Angus. You remember that movie? I don't know where yeah, it's dude, I haven't seen it. Uh, I used to love that movie as a child. Like, I don't know what it is about it, so I want to like rewatch it to see what I liked about it so much. I was probably 12 years old. I mean, we could do like Richie Rich, Angus. We still got Little Giants. If we want to keep up a sports theme, you know, Little Giants, Angels in the Outfield, uh, Little Big League, Rookie of the Year, like... Yeah, we've got movies. options, so we'll, we'll talk it was, about it. That was like a golden era of like kids' sports movies yeah. in the 90s. So we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll figure it out. Going. And it's not like when we look, hey, vote on this. It's like, well, it's two to two ties. Let's just break the tie. <laughs> so I don't know if we really like. No, I'll put a poll up. We'll decide on two movies, put a poll up, let you guys vote, and we'll do whatever you tell us to do because we're whores. Um, so with that, let's move on to sports. Sports. And in the sports segment, we are going to lead off with draft coverage. The draft is coming gone. It's a sad time. It's our favorite time of the year. We got twelve more months. Yeah, I took off. I took off all days for that. I took I, off Friday and Saturday. That's commitment. I really, I felt stupid because I thought Friday was like during the day. I really could have worked that day because Thursday and Friday rounds one, two, and three on those two days were like prime six time. p.m. I should have just taken off Saturday. Yeah. And I was just like laying on the couch all day. It was a great soaking time. Soaking it in. I remember I texted you. I was like, I have like five cans of bean dip for this draft. <laughs> I was just eating bean dip. And like just, you know, I just had like water and like bean dip. Because I, I was wondering, you sent me all that bean dip. I was like, does he have enough chips for that? Oh, like, of course I got chips. But you, when you get to the bottom, that's when you take your finger, finger and yeah. roll around uh-huh. the room. Yep. Yeah. I killed like five cans of bean dip. Good dude. God. No regrets. I your bowel movements must have been gnarly. <sighs> Let's not talk about it. All right. So... Why don't you dive in? Dive into uh, our draft. Let's just go one through 
well, let's go one through our pick, and then we can kind of hit hit on some good ones. There. Hit on some good ones. All right, number one, Jacksonville. They had this pick for a long time. It was a no brainer. We knew where they were doing. Trevor Lawrence, Sunshine. Um, you know, everyone said he was the best prospect since like Luck, and before that, Manning. But he's a can't miss prospect. So, you know, apparently. Jacksonville might be making some AFC Championship appearances in the next few years. Wouldn't mind that. I got family from Jacksonville, so I wouldn't mind it because I fucking hate Urban Meyer. I'm sure after the first couple years, if they're like losing he, record, he'll he, have some excuse to leave. He won't be around. Yeah. yeah. So as long as he leaves, then yeah, great. Get him in a Super Bowl. I'm fine but that's my that. that's my concern about Trevor Lawrence is you're not setting him up. Um, you know, then who are you going to bring in after Urban? You know, that's that's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, in his development. But so. if, if, if if Lawrence is a draw, it'd be like, who wants to come coach, you know, Peyton Manning in his prime? It's like, yeah. oh, I'll fucking come. I'll yeah. leave my yeah. school or my my team to go there. Uh, number two is Zach Wilson. He might have been the number one, number two pick, but he's number one in a beauty contest. That is a handsome man. He looks like if the Disney Channel made a movie about the about the NFL draft. Yeah. Like and, he's the star quarterback. And Zach Efron's like his best friend. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance with number three. I had that, a problem with that. That was a weird choice. That was me. just weird because San Francisco, didn't they give up like three future first-round mm-hmm. picks to go from 12 to three? Yep. And, I mean, at that point, you could have waited, in hindsight, of course, and pretty much gotten Justin Fields to trade up one pick. For sure, yeah. So to get Lance, is like, and they had the whole smoke screen of, oh, we're taking Mac Jones. I'm like, fuck, no, you're not. Like, why would you trade three picks to get a guy that was a scout quarterback? Mm-hmm. You know, so that was just weird. The whole situation with San Francisco – um, the guy has, you know, they said it on there in his college and high school career combined. He has about 500 pass attempts. Yep. And you just tra- you just mortgaged your future of your franchise for that guy. So we'll see. I we'll, just we'll see what happens. You know, the small school quarterbacks. Carson Wentz had a season. Um, Joe Flacco, he had one good season. Yeah, yeah. that's why Flacco I mean. had one good playoff run. Yeah, and I just I don't know if I'm mortgaging that. I don't know if I'm paying Steve that price. McNair, though. You're talking about a different era, but yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking small school. No, you're right. You're not right. Uh, yeah. That's how deep back you got to go. It's like, well, shit. Uh, is Boston College in 84 like old? But no. Well, and if you want to go, you know, you can say Big Ben at, at uh, Marshall. Um, he went to Miami, or Ohio. Or Miami, sorry. That Miami. is a small school, though. It's a small who, school. Who else went to Miami, Ohio? So that was a good one to pull out. You know, but it's but not big, It's not one double A like, like they're playing, you know? Right. Um. I just that's a steep price to pay for very steep price for a guy that's only had 500 passing attempts. When you have who I think is probably the best quarterback prospect, Fields. Fields, yeah, I think he may. I think he's probably gonna have a better. Career. Yeah, at work I got a buddy that's a San Francisco fan from here, which I hate when people are like born yeah. and raised here, mm-hmm. but they're a fan. Yeah, like, oh, you spent your summers in the Bay Area. Yeah, please tell me about. Oh that. no, you didn't. Oh, you. Just oh, you're just a bandwagon yeah, fan. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, but I have another fan, another fan, another buddy who's actually from Chicago, so he's a big Bears fan. And I, the next day, I was like, "Man, y'all did a fantastic job! Like, you traded up and you got arguably maybe the best quarterback." He's like, "I don't really know much about him." I was like, "Trust me, y'all, y'all did really great." Yeah. Like you're, everyone says, y'all probably good. won the the you're night good. that game. Uh, number four, Kyle Pitts, probably the Hall of Fame talent. Everyone says like this is probably besides Lawrence. Pitts is probably the can't miss prospect. And if he was there at ten, you yeah. bet your sweet cheeks, I'm making that pick. Oh, yeah, and I'm glad they took him at four so I didn't have to make the decision. He wouldn't have made it past five or six. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. those guys, the ones that took their offense, the, the wide receivers. But, yeah, watch out, Kyle Pitts, dude. Like, he he, he could easily be, what, the third, maybe fourth tight end selected in this year's fantasy draft for us. At least, you know, and me and you, uh, Kelsey, Kittle, I'd 
Gronk, maybe. But after that, you got Tanyan. It's got to be Pitts. I mean, Pitts is a top five tight end option already. Like, you know, I, I hope we have people, like, in our leagues that, like, don't pay. Because I know we probably pay more attention to any of them. Yep. There's guys that act like these rookies don't matter. And it's like, Kyle Pitts is probably going to put up. He could easily get ten touchdowns this year. Well, Especially if they trade Julio. And I don't want to. And he's the focal point. And I don't want to, you know, get too off track. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb was a quarterback injury away from having probably, like, an 80, 90 catch, 12, 1300 oh, yeah. yard season. You know, and he was a rookie. So you're right. I don't. He think... even had some great moments with Dalton too, like yeah. unbelievable catches, like that mm-hmm. one in uh, Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. That was a ridiculous catch. That's like yeah. a catch like Amari Cooper might not yep. can make. Yep. With him stretching out, uh, number five. This is where I had a really another big problem. Uh, this Cincinnati is, after four, it gets really weird. Four to like twelve or thirteen get and it's I, just weird. And I get Jamar Chase, you know, going to Cincinnati, and they're like, you know, he's a great. I don't fast see catcher how, after what just happened to Joe Burrow. Yeah. I don't see how you don't get the other generational talent in the draft and protect him for a decade and a half. I don't get it. What everyone said is like, you know, because quarterbacks are, could be like hit or miss, but everyone thinks you know Lawrence is the guy. The other two people that were like can't miss Hall of Fame talents were Kyle Pitts and Panay Sewell. So you just took the number one you used the number one pick last year to take a quarterback who showed flashes like Joe Burrow, I think's a good quarterback, and you want to give him a weapon that he played with in college. Okay, that's smart, but you had the best offensive tackle to come out in the last like five years sitting right there for you. He literally fell into your lap. People were like, they might have to use if Cincinnati got the two or three pick, they were like, they might take that offensive lineman two or three. He fell to you at five, and they go, no, nah, we're going to take this wide receiver. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, Joe Burrow's leg's falling off. So he, that, uh, that was ridiculous. Real quick on Joe Burrow, uh, he did get the all clear. So he won't miss training camp. He'll be there for – He'll be there until week three when he gets hurt again. I just don't get it. And I, I, know, mean, th- I know they drafted some later in the draft, but it – like I said, after four, it gets everything goes and, just goes, and it's it's way more difficult to find a cornerstone left tackle later rounds than it is to find like a good receiver. Look at Michael Gallup. Well, look at Antonio Brown. Like went in the sixth. Gallup went in the third. Like mm-hmm. we got guys that you can find. Michael Gallup is would be a number one on some of these teams. He'd be a number one on Cincy. And Over T Higgins. You, yeah. You gotta take that cornerstone. Left I know. I agree. That like was I said, after four, it, it it gets bonkers. Yeah, and then we had six. Miami took Jalen Waddle, which again that paired up to with his old college teammate. Have you teammate. seen pictures of uh, the mini camp over the weekend? No. He looks fucking little. Jalen Waddle. Yeah. yeah. Or no, not Jalen Waddle. Sorry. Uh, Tua. The other cat uh, from Alabama. The Devonte. Devonte. And Philly? Well, he only, the Slim Reaper is his name. He weighed about 142 pounds. Looked like he just got out of Auschwitz. He looks fucking little. He got us a third round pick just to make that. I'm fine with that. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Jalen Waddle, that'll be good for Tua. Yeah, that's a good That'll be good for Tua. Great great playmaker, dude. Like, Devontae Smith doesn't win that Heisman unless Jalen Waddle goes down because everyone thought Jalen Waddle was the better of the two. Yeah, he was was the favorite. from Houston. So, Texas Connection. Number seven, Detroit Lions said, thank you. We will take Panay Sewell. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, now they got Jared Goff. They got, like, two first-round picks mm-hmm. plus Goff for that. So And Dan Campbell's just an absolute maniac. Like, Did you hear about all the stuff he's doing? Did you hear he wanted to have a pet lion he on wants the to have a real field? lion. And if, yeah. like, this squad over here is doing a bad job, the lion goes and takes a shit right next to him? Yeah. I love Dan Campbell. Now that DMX is dead, that might be my new spirit animal. Dude, in person, I just think the players in Detroit are excited that they're going to have a coach yeah, that they can get stoned about, with. He's talking about biting people's kneecaps off. I mean, he's an absolute lunatic. Okay. I love it. I love it too. But here's the thing with that: he has to win. 
Because if he doesn't, he's just... Not really. Looks, it's Detroit. You can win six games and it's an improvement. He just looks like a fucking idiot if, if it, none of this works. I don't know. That's fine. You can talk and be crazy, but you got to win. You got to win. Otherwise, you look like a fucking idiot. Again, there's not much like, you know, history of winning in no, Detroit. No. So they're going to give him a big leash, especially if he's a fan and player favorite. He'll get a good three years to get, you know, to make that playoff appearance. And who was that... Caldwell or whoever they fired after like after he consistently made the playoffs for them. Yeah, like Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I feel bad for that guy. But yeah, I mean, perfect for them. Just fell right into it. Um, and he's a, he's really a great first pick for Dan Campbell because that's the kind of guy Dan Campbell would want. Like, come bring your lunch pill, put this guy's dick in the dirt, get up, do it again. Yep. Great pick for Dan Campbell. Yep. And I would love to have like a weekly like sound bit sound bite of like Dan Campbell like what the hell is Dan Campbell saying this week and we just oh, play some crazy shit I'll, I'll be tuning in I'll be paying attention to lines <laughs> press, pressers from, from, for this year alright and this is where the heartbreak yep. begins this so is where eight, it really gets bad and I started hearing this a lot in the day because you know everyone was saying like you know like Carolina is really infatuated with with um J.C. Horn and after they traded for Sam Darnold they didn't need a new quarterback and I think that Darnold trade is going to be actually really good for him um, well he's in good hands yeah, Matt Rule. Um, so they take J.C. Horn. That's who I wanted all along. You know, like we talked about it a couple weeks ago in our pre-draft. And my dream scenario was I was cocky enough to think maybe we could trade down like with um, New England to 15 and get pick up like an extra one or two mm-hmm. and pick Horn. He goes eight. Um, nine really surprised me. This is the one that really got me because they had Mac. Mac Jones and Justin Fields sitting right there, and Denver takes another corner. Mm-hmm. That, That's when I started getting that pit in my stomach. And they really fucked that us. I just put on here, fuck, with about seven U's, my backup pick. And I really think the Cowboys started to just scramble at that point. Like, they really thought they were going to get one of these two guys. Like, they went into it, like, yeah, for sure. 100% sold. Not they sure. were getting a corner. I'm not sure they had a backup plan, but I'm, you know, we'll get to I it. I think they but. had a backup to the backup, and that was Micah Parsons, but they were like, and I think it was a great move because to trade down that is because the Giants wanted them at eleven. Well, then Philly wants them, but they have the twelfth pick. So you got to think like, well, do I want him to go to New York or do I want to go to Philly? Because yeah. he's going in our division. Might as well make a deal with the Eagles and pick up a third round pick. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame him at all. I'm good with it. Yeah. So you know, he goes to so uh, Eagles trade up. They take him. Um, good for them, you know, like, hope he doesn't break every bone in his body because he looks so malnourished. And we get an extra third-round pick, and then the Bears trade down to, like, 19 or some shit. I'm sorry, Giants trade down with the Bears. They get Fields. Our pick, let me get Micah Parsons, a guy that, from the very first episodes when we started doing this, like, a year ago, we said, you know, if we get a top-five pick and we get a top-ten pick, Micah Parsons should be that number one. And a lot of people did have him number rated number one defender in the whole draft class. So to say... You might have arguably gotten the number one defensive player at number twelve and picked up an extra pick for him. I think I, it's a win. I'm I feel much better about it today than when it happened, especially after hearing reports, uh, after hearing Broadus talk about his mini camp and how he looked. Broadus was like, "I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top two candidate for defensive rookie of the yeah, year." Yeah, I've heard that. I, I think the early odds are out, and he's already your favorite to win defensive player of the year. So. I'm good. Mm-hmm. It takes Jalen off the field a little bit. He is going to play Mike, so he does have that range. Pike Parsons, Mike. Yeah, he's going to play. In the, he's going to play in the middle. Yeah, that's so good. he does have that athleticism. I think. What does he run? Like a four, four five? No, it was four, like four? A four low four, if not like four three nine. Okay, so because he, he was running as fast as some of these corners, so he does have that athletic oh, ability to get sideline to sideline. 
It's going to get Jalen off the field. Thank God. Um, hopefully LVE can stay healthy, um, and we'll talk about another selection a little yeah, bit later. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what? I'm fine <laughs> if we have a complete cleaning of the house with these linebackers. Yeah, yeah we'll get to um, So who was? Number 13 to the Chargers. Again, They I put on here they were jizzing all over themselves to have Rashawn Slater slip to them mm-hmm. because you already got the arguably what? I mean, you could say Herbert's already a top ten. The, if not, the Chargers top eight. did for Justin Herbert what the Bengals should have did yeah, for Joe Burrow. They're like, you know what? You're a young star. You're going to tear it up for the next ten years. Let's get you a tackle. And honestly, they could have used the wide receiver help more than Cincinnati, in my opinion. They got Keenan Allen. They got Keenan Allen, who's aging. Eckler's a good pack, back, pass catching back, but they don't have a number but, two. But they didn't have the wide receiver sitting there. Like I said, this was the perfect scenario for them because a lot of people had Slater going like top ten easy. Yeah. And then it was between us. It was like, well, should the Cowboys take a tackle to maybe groom under Tyron and get ready for that spot, or they should get the defensive help? I'm glad we went defensive help. I got the Chargers, like I said, just all over themselves. Yeah, no. And then just put that They They couldn't have picked up that phone fast exactly. enough to put that pick that was, in. That was a great pick for them, dude. Herbert, Herbert was probably thrilled about that. 14, Jets trade back up, and they get Elijah Vera Tucker, which, again – that was a great night for the Jets. They got mm-hmm. a quarterback who they think is the future, and then they got a guy to protect them. Can't ask for much more than that. 15, Patriots stay put and get the guy they wanted all yep. along, Matt Jones. Yep. Um, so that was, again, you know, it kind of worked out for them. Uh, 16, Zayvon Collins. He just pairs with Isaiah Simmons, who went early last year mm-hmm. to Arizona. I think that's a good, solid, young, athletic linebacking core. Las uh, Vegas. Uh, Biggest Underwood. reach. Underwood was yeah. under. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, they said that was the biggest reach. They could have seen him going second, maybe third. But Miami. that's Gruden. Gruden loves doing that shit. He loves doing then, it. Um, what guy did he get? That's He was a defensive player out of Clemson No, last no, no year. I'm thinking they're Mayock, the yeah, new Mike GM Mayock, there. He yeah. was like on ESPN forever. Yeah. Uh, Miami had another pick. They've got Jalen Phillips, who's big and quick. He's. They said he's the best edge rusher in the draft. Um, again, they've just been killing it since they started rebuilding. You know, if, I think they're going to be knocking on the door with Buffalo to win that division. Uh, the Washington football team takes Jameer Davis. Uh, it's to their young, talented defense. I still think they're just a quarterback away from the playoffs. The Giants finally pick here. They get Kadarius Tony after they wanted Adams. That's why they traded back. Uh, and they get the lesser of the wide receiver. Get down to 22, we got Caleb Farley, who, you know, some people thought could have been the number one corner in this draft before injuries. I think it was a back injury, too, so that's always sketchy to me. 23, Minnesota gets Christian Derrishaw. Uh, yeah, everybody said that was a great pick. They still got a good offensive lineman. These are the last two for me. Great pick here. I, a lot of people destroyed them because they say you don't take a receiver in the – or, I'm sorry, a running back in the first round, but I still think Najee Harris is going to be – at the end of the year, he'll be a top fifteen running back. He's gonna be, he's gonna kill it. He's he's like a triple threat. You know, he's a three down back. And watching him in college, it's like Barry Sanders mixed with Alvin Kamara. Yep. I mean, the guy just looks mm-hmm. phenomenal. I'm a huge Najee Harris fan. I texted our buddy Nick and was like, he's instantly better than Zeke, just because I'm such a Zeke hater. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I know. Actually, put on here already better than Zeke. And then lastly, uh, we'll just end it randomly at 25. Jacksonville uses their second first-round pick to get Travis Etienne, which to me was a terrible pick because you had James Robinson that like was either undrafted or like a seventh-round pick on, last year. On, you're paying him no money. You're paying him no money, and he had like over 1,000 yards. And it was really bizarre that 
uh, Urban Meyer had him take all the mini camp drills at wide receiver. He got all his reps at wide receiver, which is weird. I think they just – I thought personally maybe they did it. was like, hey, let's make Trevor Lawrence, like, a little happier to be here. But they were like – he's and then he and then Urban Meyer even said, like, well, he's going to be, like, uh, a good gadget player for us, and he's going to come down in third-down situations. They're yeah, like, you use the first-round pick on a guy to come in on trick plays and third downs? I don't. I mean, you could have gotten offensive line help. You could have went defensive, but it's like you took a fucking running back that you don't need. I just thought that was a terrible pick. Everyone bashed like both those picks. Uh, all the experts, you know, like you don't take a running back. But I was like, Najee Harris is solid, dude. He's gonna be great. I yeah. I, I I make that pick nine times out of ten. Or I agree. Ten times out of ten, because Connor, uh, where did he go? Arizona. Arizona. So James Connor's gone. They don't have a running back. Dude, they immediately got better at that position. So yep, I love I that pick for Pittsburgh. All right, so let's get into just the rest of the Cowboys picks. All right, so we got Parsons. Again, that was like our third choice on the night. Um, I really feel like since we didn't get that corner day one, they were dead set on taking a cornerback. Yeah, so yeah one we got way or Kelvin another, Joseph. And they got Kelvin Joseph, which the pick right before that, though, was uh, – Trevon Mulrig. Yeah, from TCU. How fucking good would that have been? I think I, I, I think their it. dream scenario, because that changed everything when they had to shift and take Parsons. Mm-hmm. If they have gotten Horn or Sertan, I think they would have loved to get Mulrig because now you completely flipped your your def- yep. your defensive back team. Mm-hmm. You know, your whole unit's changed now where they're both like such, even if it was Horn, Sertan, one of those two, plus Mulrig, you got two alpha leaders coming in. You know, Diggs is already there. I mean, it just would have completely changed that unit. So yep. it broke my heart. I think they were dead set on getting that cornerback. The only thing that, like, because I obviously don't know much about all these guys, but what I don't like about Kelvin Kelvin Joseph, he has more albums that he's released than interceptions. Yep. That fucking works. Uh, um, What's his name? Boss Man Fat is his rap name. Mm -hmm. He's all about him. I'm concerned about a want to, about a give a damn with that guy. I think Um, the first thing he's going to do is, like, buy a stupid car and, like, put a recording studio in a house, and he's just going to be more worried about that, which, again, worries me. Well, let's hope not. Um, uh, Was that – that was round two, so we have, what, three? Round three, we had three picks. Uh, All defense, too. What were we, like, first – one, two, three, four, five, six picks for defense. I think that was the first time Cowboys have ever done that mm-hmm. or something like that. Yep. Uh, number 75 in the third round, we had defensive tackle Osa Odugiwanzua. I hope I said that right. Um, I heard he was a ta- like a wrestler growing up and just like a big-bodied guy, high motor, which I always love to hear that shit. I really didn't hear anything like too negative or too great about him. I think he's just going to be like, let me just come in here and put my work in every yep. day. So he's going to replace kind of the Antoine Woods, you know. And um, Antoine Woods got released, I believe, and what's his name? Crawford retired. Yep. So that was a good pick. Um, Eighty-four. This is what we picked up from uh, Philly for doing that trade. We got Chauncey Golston. I believe he was from Iowa. He's kind of end. a he's kind of a jack of all trades on the edge kind of player. Um, haven't heard anything really negative about him. Um, and then this is the pick. Number 99 uh, coming up. This yeah. is the one that just was the ultimate curveball that no one saw coming and no one really liked. Nation Wright yeah, out of Oregon said, State. He was I, a six-round grade. I didn't even hear that. I heard that some people on like their top 250 didn't even have them listed. But I will say uh, all the reports out of this first little rookie minicamp is him and Parsons were the stars. Oh, hell yeah. Him, him yeah, and Parsons were the stars. Obviously way too early. They said you can't really judge a draft class until like three years. Yeah. So we're just, but what killed me is right after that we had Elijah Molden uh-huh. and uh, a, a Feely, a Feely Watu, yep. mm-hmm. Melo Wanu. Yep. Anyway, just 
just freak athletes. Guys, that, that the Mila Funawanu is just like, I I saw him go in mock drafts in round one. Just a freak athlete, long, lengthy. Will, but they said the same thing about Nishan Wright. He's 6'4". He's got the length. He's got the athleticism. And everything I heard interview-wise from him is he is a dog. He he does right? want to be here. Yeah. Sweet. He That's does want to be here. And he him and Parsons got the high grades coming out of rookie minicamp. Right, so, um, still, that's a weird pick. Um, but this fourth round pick is what this is what gets me a little yeah, chub. Yeah, yeah. The Jabril Crocs. Jabril Crocs. You got an SEC linebacker, played on a prestigious program. Um, I and if he can come in and him and Parsons can lead the defense, you know. Oh yeah, that's why the I next was thinking five seven years because somebody brought. I think it was like Kavanaugh or something was like you know the first wave of this was when they got Lee. And remember Bruce Carter? Bruce Love Carter Bruce was Carter. A stud, dude. Yeah. He just, I guess, couldn't stay healthy. But that combo came in, and then we had LVE and Jalen, and now they're tapering off. And now it's like this new wave is going to be Parsons and Cox. And I'm like, that is a great – the Cox pick might actually be my favorite pick of the night or for the draft because it sent a direct message to, to Jalen Smith. And then the next day, I believe it was that Monday, was the day to pick up a fifth-year option for those guys like LVE. And Cowboys declined to pick up that option. Doesn't mean they can't resign them. Just means they're not going to pay them nine million dollars next year. Yep. You know they can still resign them, but it's like, hey, I'll better stay healthy and y'all better play good because we got two dudes sitting over here that would love to take your job yep. from you. Yeah. So that was probably my favorite pick just because of the message it sent. Um, I can't tell if this was fourth or fifth round, but uh, next pick was Josh Ball. Was he at a Marshall? Yeah, yeah. He went somewhere tackle. initially. Yeah, he was at a big school and was then uh, Miami or Florida State or something like that. But apparently, he had some pretty bad like. Domestic yes. abuse, which yep. is not cool. Yep. Pretty bad, pretty horrific stuff. Because I think they were know. like, you know, that's why he slipped this far. Uh, it was because, you know, he has like a talent of like a second rounder, but, and I heard some of the stuff, man. He was yeah. like, it was bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on because that's nope, a really we'll piece of shit move. This one has me excited too. This, I just want to say the next three picks is just a serious run of great names. So we'll get to them. Simi Fioko. Simi Fioko. Wide receiver out of Stanford. I heard too what they're what first because they're like you know he's going to be like the fifth receiver, so he's not going to be tearing it up. But they said he is a special teams demon. That and and I love hearing shit like, like that. He's like six three and a half, six four. Yeah, great measurables. He's great got name. great flow. The hair is great. Yeah, he's got great hair. Great name. And you got to think when you're when you're at this point, like fifth, sixth, seventh round, like you're looking for traits. You know, you're looking for like length, or you're looking for instinct, or high motor guys. Because right now it's like digging the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, sixth round, we got a nose tackle. Quentin, Quentin Bohanna. Yep. And I've Another heard he's great just name. a plug. He's just great a, name. He is just a bucket full of rocks just sitting right there in the middle of that. Just a big-bodied. Big dude. Can't really move me. I'm just going to stand mm-hmm. here, guy. Yep. Yep. So that was good. Um, so next pick, we got a safety. Israel Muka Uwamu. Yep. Another great fucking great name. name. Yeah. Great name. I hope I just want these guys to be stars so I can get that Israel jersey. And then we got we finish up with around with seven. With the guard, yeah, Matt Fairnock. Fairnock. So Fairnock. you know, you got a couple offensive linemen, you got a you got your wide receiver, and then it's just like straight defense, which is yep. what everyone wanted. I think the most surprising thing is we didn't trade away any picks. We just kind of sat there and got all what 11 or 12 picks because mm-hmm. we actually traded for an extra which one. Which is, so I think we you know, 11. which is, you, you want as many darts to throw at the board right. as, as you can get, and that's what we did. And, you know, overall, like you said, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, excited for Parsons, excited for Jabril Cox. Um, I'm interested to see and 
what the corners do, but um, and this is why you watch preseason football. You want to watch these guys play. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be into those preseason games. And we are we're pretty close to training camp. Probably eight weeks or so, nice. eight ten weeks away from training camp. So right. we'll have another mini camp here pretty quick, I think. And then uh, and then we're we're into training camp and um. And then, yeah, so we're getting close. Creeping um, right into the season. Creeping right into the season. It's coming up quick. All right, and that brings us into the schedule breakdown. Let's go through the schedule. Let's kind of go through and we'll put W or L, kind of go over it. Uh, just some little fun facts. Uh, the Cowboys are set to play five primetime games. Uh, Buccaneers week one, Eagles week three, Vikings week eight. Saints in thir- week 13 and Washington week 16. Uh, week 7 is the bye week. Um, strength of schedule. We have the second easiest schedule in the league. Um, let's see. We do have tough opponents. Um, we have an easy uh, We have an easy uh, schedule, but we do have Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes to play. Um, so let's get through this. Fuck Tom Brady. Um, we got week 1. Uh, Thursday night football. That's the first game of the year. First game of the year, like at the defending champions. I don't like the fact that it's Thursday. I like having my Cowboys openers on Sunday. I know, right? Yeah. Thursday, I'm gonna bust bust this nut, and then yeah, I'll be excited because of fantasy for Sunday and all that. But I don't know. It's gonna be cool, I guess. I'm just debating on whether to take off work or not. Um. Like an all day, like an all pre-game. day thing. I'll just throw something on the smoker. I don't know. Uh, what do you got? I have this as a loss, um, just because Dax first came back after a long layoff. You've got the defending champs at home. No. Tom Brady. Uh, I've got this as an L. For me. I got it as an absolute win. Okay. I think it's a revenge game for Dan Quinn. I okay. think he's going to scheme his all summer for this fucking game. And you got the, what's it called, like a championship hangover. Yep. I think they're going to come out a little too hyped. I think Tom Brady's a piece of shit. <laughs> I just don't like Tom Brady. So I want him to lose. I want to see a little Micah Parsons, like low blow, take out a kneecap. Okay, we're rooting for injury here. Okay. Oh, yeah, uh, here we go. All right. Um, so I've got that as an L. Andrew has got it as a dub. Big win. Uh, so we start the first two games on the road. The next game's hard too, man. Yeah, like, we go. We go honestly, at, could see this as a loss. We go at the Chargers. Um, I think we rebound here. I think we get the W here. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, the only thing that worries me, obviously, is Herbert. But yeah, against an unproven them not getting like an extra weapon, so you got to worry about is Allen and um, Eckler. I could, I could see that as a win. Okay. And we're going to seem really biased here, but like you said, it's the second easiest schedule. Yeah. Not- I think. And, and okay, next week. And there's, and there's going to be games to where you know we're not supposed to win, and we win, and we're going to choke a few away. You know, yeah. just like we do every year. Absolutely. Um, then we get our second. We get our second primetime game uh, against the Eagles. They're dog shit. I'm got. I got this as a W. That's a win. I was gonna say later in the year we usually like split it with the Eagles, but this is yeah. this is at Dallas, so that's yep. a win. Yeah, first home game. Crowd will be on our side Monday night. Um, Week four against the Panthers. You got Sam Darnold, even though Sam Darnold's beat us once before. Um, I've got this as a W. Yeah. The only thing that worries me, though, is Matt Rule and um, a healthy Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, yeah. yeah. But hopefully we've got Parsons to neutralize that and, and Jabril Cox and LVE, you know, if he's healthy. Um, and then we got 
We got Giants yeah, week five. I think by now, uh, Jason Garrett's job will be coming into question because I think they'll be 0 and 4. Uh, they're just dog shit terrible. Um, and then I think pa- a- I think Patriots is a loss for us because Bill Belichick schemes yeah. for shit like this. Yeah. It's at home. Do you think? Do you think uh, we will be seeing Cam or Mac Jones by this point? I think it's still Cam. Yeah, I think it's. Still Cam I think too. it's Mac. Maybe after their bye week or midway point, but the thing I fear the most is Belichick. So I've, to I me, fear, that's our I first. I fear L. Belichick as well. Um, but this is one of those ones where I tell you that you know we're going to win one. We're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put this down as a as a as a dub. Oh, Patriots is a win for you. Yes, I'm gonna okay. Put that I'm still putting w. that as a loss. We're gonna get that monkey. We're gonna get that Belichick monkey off her back. Uh, week seven, uh, well, week. I got that as a loss. Oh wait, that's a buy. Never mind. Sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, week eight at the Vikings Sunday night in prime time. Uh, Kirk Cousins. That was a good game last year, but we had Andy Dalton and we still won. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's a win. That's a win for me. Because they were all healthy. They had Thielen. They had Dig. Or I mean, they had um, Cook. That was a healthy team, and we still beat them without our tackles and quarterback. Uh, we got the Broncos. At now, depending home. on if they get Aaron Rodgers, yeah. this could flip because right now I think it's a it's a win for us because we're going against Drew Locke. I agree with you, um, but if but they get Rodgers, it's flipped, and then now it's a loss because he's that good. I agree with you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a. We sound like such homers right now. They're like seven and one. Yeah, I, yeah, they're yeah they're six and one right now. Um. I, seven and one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a loss here because I think Rodgers does end up there. Okay. I think it's. I don't think it's repairable in Green Bay. I don't either, man. So, He's such an asshole though for trying to get it out. I'm going with an L on that one, pending Rodgers. Uh, then we got the Falcons and Kyle Pitts coming to town. Uh, week ten. I've got that. Falcons have a good offense though, man. Like they could easily put up forty. Remember that on game you. last week or last year, the watermelon kick and all that. That was against. Atlanta. So yeah, you're right. But then okay. they add, you know, probably the best offensive player. But I still see it as a win. I see it as a win. Chiefs. That's add a big, Chiefs. That's a that's loss. A big loss. And the week twelve. That's the um, Thanksgiving game. They got a yeah. tough opponent there, yep. but I think it's a win. I got a loss there. You got a loss. There. A lot of people were kind of split on it. So I got a loss there. Saints Thursday. I'm night. gonna put a loss because I don't want to be that big of a homer. I got a loss, or I got a win. Uh, yeah, without the Breeze. Thursday without Breeze. That's it'll a win. Jameis, that'll be a win. WFT, week 14. This is where the game. schedule makers kind of fucked up, and they go, oh, shit, they haven't, they haven't played hardly anyone in division. Yep. Let's do a, four out of the next five weeks. I got a dub there. At the Giants, I got a dub there. That's a win. Uh, Washington again. I think that's a dub. Cardinals, I'll take that as a loss. Yeah, I could see that. And then Eagles, I'll take that as a loss as well. Um, we'll lose two straight to end the season. So what do you got? I got 12 and 5. 12 and 5. I got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. You got 11 and 6? 11 and 6. And NFL, can we please, for my like OCD, bad brain, bad math brain, can we go to 18 games? Because this, be this odd number, this odd number shit is driving me insane. It's fucking ridiculous. So I've got eleven and six. I've got us winning the division. Um, so that was a little breakdown. Uh, any games like you're just hyped for? Just right off, you know. Just we'll talk about it real quick. Oh, you're talking to me yeah, specifically. You get, you get. I think it's a great first game. You know the fact that we get the defending champs. I really think Dan Quinn though is going to take that shit personally and like. 
I will say, uh, out of all the reports... to, like, just destroy Tom Brady. Out of all the reports and little video snippets that I've seen, uh, they're saying Dan Quinn is a breath of fresh air. He is yep. on the field in drills, lining up as nose tackles. Or I already love him. He's teaching technique hands-on. He's got his hands on the players. So I'm, I'm really hoping he's one of those things where he's a better coordinator than he was a head coach. And yeah. I he mean, just, he was great in Seattle. But, you know, I don't think they're going to go 11-6. They're probably going to go like 10-7. and There's one of these games where I'm a homer and, you know, I could, like you said, the Falcons I could see as a w, uh, as a loss. As a loss and then, I don't feel like we were two homers. Like you said, we had the second easiest schedule. I think the ones like no-brainer, like, okay, even if you said we lose the Buccaneers game, fine. Then we could easily beat the Raiders. Yeah, exactly. We could easily beat the Cardinals. And it's going to be weird. You know, it it is every year. I think um, it's a double digit win season. I'll say that. I think we get for sure. double digits, for ten sure. to twelve wins without being too homerish. Uh, the Chiefs game probably be our game of the year if we can play up to that level because it would be like this is you know at that at that point they're probably the best team in the league. The yeah. Chiefs have been for the last two years, yep. so it's like that's your measuring stick. You yep. know, do we lo- do we win or do we lose by twenty? So the we'll tell you a lot about the whole, where the year's going. So that was the Cowboys schedule. Um, they've turned this thing into an event as well. They televise it, and it's two or three they hours did? long. Yeah, they did. Oh, yep, shit. yep. Uh, had, so they probably had a fucking sponsor for it. Brought to you by Pepsi. I believe they did. I didn't watch did. it, but I believe oh they did. Uh, okay, uh, let's uh, let's get into what are we watching, what are we listening to, and we'll get out of here. Um, me, I finished. Wrapping up Criminal Minds, I'm all caught up. Finished the whole series. It's kind of my little. I explained it, you know. Me and my mom yeah, watched it together, so finished that up. It's actually not bad for a pretty little procedural, you know. And you get to look at Shamar more, you know. Little stud muffin there. Was uh, that the guy with the goofy hair? No, he is. He is very hot. But uh, Shamar Moore is like the light skinned black dude. Okay. Yeah. I like how I made a joke about it being a guy, and you're like, no, it's the other guy. Actually. It's the other hot guy. <laughs> it's the hotter guy. Um. And then in the last couple of days, I restarted uh, House of Cards. Yeah, and I've never seen that. I've dude, heard good things. It's yeah, I think you would really enjoy it. And I just really forgot how much uh, the character Frank Underwood is just a ruthless cunt in that movie. The oh, you of, mean just Kevin Spacey being yeah. kind of Kevin Spacey? Yeah, and kind of how <laughs> like he embodied that character when little people, too much when people started dying off in his allegation. Surrounding his allegations. Did you not hear that? Oh, yeah. 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 It's just fucking crazy. Yeah. It's kind of freaking And you barely even heard anything about it. Yeah. So, it's like, no, um, people are dying that new things about him. Yeah. So. Uh, I think we said too much. Those are the. Oh, and I watched uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines on Netflix. That was a great. Highly great recommended. Movie. Yes. We'll highly. Check, we're going to check it Take out. Take Ellie, get a bowl of popcorn, a couple hours, and y'all have a great time. It's a really fun movie. Um, I started listening to this fictional crime drama called Hunted, and it was. Uh, Created and produced by Dick Wolf, who um, Law, and Order. Law and Order guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's really well done. It's Great basically like too. a. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, what an awesome name. It'd be Dick better if it was Wolf Dick, but <laughs> no, but it's weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a fictional, like true crime, like. Uh, it drama. It's it's really cool. And then one I put you on, which is kind of disappointing. Uh, confronting Columbine. Yeah, I hadn't started because I wanted to be like more episodes. So you could binge it. Yeah, binge it, it's, it. It's really disappointing. It's not. Well, it's I guess told, I won't binge that. It's it's told from the point of view of one of the survivors, and it's just like her going back and reliving like the memories and how she kind of pulled herself out of it. And I thought it would be more of like a breakdown on 
kind of the psychology of what went into the it's more about her and her. It's experience. more about her and her story. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that no was kind of disappointing, um, but I mean, still kind of interesting. And then I've been Dateline puts out a new case yeah. or episode. Did you hear they had a six-parter called like Killer Roll. Yeah, I yeah. listened to that one mm-hmm. this past week. No? Yeah. Then we watched the. I was actually I was literally telling Claire about it, and then we were like scrolling through Dateline. I was like, oh shit, that's it right mm-hmm. there. Let's just watch it. Yep. So yep, that's what I've been watching and listening to. What you? I listened to The Orange Tree, which we both talked about. Yep. It was about like a killing from on campus of UT from mm-hmm. like 2005. And it's yep. just a wild fucking case. And, you know, they have like these two main people. It's like a – so a girl gets murdered on campus. And then it's like, okay, it was these two students, male and female, that did it. And now they like fled to Mexico. They get them back. Uh, they go on trial. And then you think everything's like open and shut, but to me there was like some definite questions near the end where like I'm not sure like whoever is still in jail should be in jail and whoever's out should be out. You know, like so it was just like I would listen to it because it just the case is completely fucking crazy. But then it's like the whole second half of the podcast when it's like the trial to me was like really interesting. Um these are both on Spotify. The other one is um another Bill Simmons shout out, The Rewatchables. I've been just straight binging so many episodes of that, like the last four days. Um, it's him, and it's usually like him and these two other guys, but it, he, it's people that he writes with at the Ringer. So there's always like guest hosts and you know extra people on there, but um, they basically just rewatch movies that are rewatchable, and then they just discuss it. And they always try to keep the runtime of the podcast under the runtime of the movie. So today, for instance, I listened to Goodfellas. That was the new one out. And they kept it just under like two, two and a half hours or right around two and a half hours. Um, but they do more than just talk about it. They had these little awards I was going to go through. So they talk about what was the most rewatchable scene. And then they'll have like clips of that. And they'll talk about their favorites, what aged the best and what aged the worst with the movie. They have casting. What ifs where they could be like, you know, instead of Al Pacino, you know, maybe they had Gene Hackman, and would it be better with him in this role? You know, like these are people that actually like were offered the movie, and would it be better if you were to cast this person um, differently? They have their half-assed research that they'll, you know, just strange facts. They have the Dion Waiters Award. That's the heat check. So it's basically like who came in and only had like two scenes, but just stole it. You know, it's like who Dion Waiters was a bench player from Miami. That's why it's named after him. But he would come in, and it's like you know he put up only played twelve minutes, but he got fifteen points. Seven rebounds and four assists, you know, so it's the Dion Waiters Heat Check Award. Uh, they talk about who won the movie. That's usually at the end where it's like, you know, so, for example, for Goodfellas today was Martin Scorsese won it because he, you know, this was like, they, they thought this was his best movie. And then they'll talk about Apex Mountain. It's like, who peaked? Who was at the pinnacle? So, like, they said De Niro, Pesci, and Scorsese. This was all their Apex Mountain. They had the most quotable lines. They had the Joey Pants Award for it's the best that guy. Or it's like, I've seen that guy in something, but you can't think of who it is. That's yep. the Joey Pants yep. Award. They have the Vincent Hanna, Give Me All You Got Award, where it's like, you just go full Pacino, you know, you're going so fucking hard in every soon, like overacting. I love that one for the overacting. They have the recasting couch, like instead of Mark Ruffalo, would Edward Norton be better in this role? So right. it's like casting yeah. what yep. ifs again. They have the unanswerable questions. Uh, then they ask, could this movie be made as a 10-part Netflix series? And, uh, yeah, I had at the end, I forgot again, who won the movie, but they just go through all that and they just break down the movie so well. The guys just all mesh so good together. It's just three guys, like usually hanging out together, talking, uh, and you just feel like you're there, you know, it's yeah. just like yeah. just having like this awesome conversation. 
Uh, no. So both of those are on Spotify. Bill Simmons is good what he, at, at what he does. You know, he usually doesn't miss on a podcast. Dude, he's just the man. I fucking love Bill Simmons. And like I said, they had they, he, he said this at one point on one of their other episodes, because I listened to like Terminator 2, fucking Varsity Blues, Con Air. I listened to all those this week. But on Spotify, they have all the episodes. So it's over 170 episodes, I oh, guess. Oh, nice. If you listen on like Apple and stuff, they say they only have like the last six months worth. So if you want to, and it's, it's, they do so many different movies, dude. Like anything that's just a good quality movie. So it's just, just across look, all scroll genres. Through, yeah. Find like, oh, I love that movie. And it's really, what's really cool is to watch that movie beforehand and then listen to it the next day so you can really keep up with it. Um, and watching, honestly, I've seen Zootopia at least five times in this last <laughs> week. Claire, or it's been on such a uh, hardcore Zootopia binge. It's a great movie. It really is. Yeah, no, it's good. It teaches, you know, follow your dreams with Julie Hopps, you know, never question yourself, go hard, you know, fight corruption. Like it's, it's, it's a great movie. It has like a good storyline and everything. And lastly, We've been getting really into House Hunters, man. I fucking love that show. Uh, we like, went through that I phase. Watch that, when I'm looking through, because apparently there's like 200 seasons on Hulu, and I'm like, dude, I get so into it. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I have to go somewhere that's realistic. Like, I'm not looking at penthouses in Chicago. I'm like, Country Cottage in New Hampshire. Let's go. Like, this is where we're going. And I'm like, in, I'm like in their shoes, you know? Like, I'm dead set on my budget. I'm very strict on my budget. I can't go much over that. I got my, my wish list. I want, you know, at least three bedrooms, two baths. A basement would be awesome. We gotta have a garage. I want some land. And when we're looking at all the houses, I'm like nitpicking. Like, look at this fucking kitchen. Are you kidding me? You gotta get that whole kitchen. <laughs> well, it gets That's a twenty thousand dollar project. That's over budget. <laughs> what gets me though? It's like the budgets. Like, where do they find these people? Like, it's like, hi, I'm Bill. And I'm Julie. I train hamsters and i'm a kite maker and our budget's 3.6 million yeah right like, where the fuck do you find these people apparently now we're on my street is. no no I, that's one that's thing that bugs me i'm so me. strict on my budget because i i have to be realistic like okay we're working with three hundred fifty thousand. all right that's just that's a very hard budget for me i can't I've, go over i don't i need turnkey ready i've got some i've got some some HGTV. Oh, we've been binging hard. I've got HGTV. some House Hunters. That's tight. when you know you've like reached your thirties. You're like, what's yeah. on HGTV tonight? This is awesome. No, I've got some suggestions that are bingeable on Hulu, oh, Netflix no. that will get that that'll fill that fix for and you. And then I take it like personally when I'm like, they found their dream house. It's the Tudor. It's number two. Yeah. I'm like, what are they doing with that fucking craftsman? Because they're like, I want open concepts so I can entertain. Like, who the fuck do you entertain? Have You're you, living there by yourself. Have you seen the one? I think it's called Fix or Flip. Uh, love it or list it yeah hate, i hate those hosts that that pretentious british bitch i can't stand her <laughs> <laughs> i tell There's you a, man i've been hardcore into hgtv lately i'll give you some suggestions that'll that i uh, love all those like beachfront property you know beachfront like bargain hunt dream laundry house I, I don't really like that guy either uh he's cool i like him he's got the dumbest fucking tattoos he he's does. got like one tiger on his neck playing basically footsies with another tiger across his <laughs> neck it's like what are you doing man i think when you're attractive you can just have dumb tattoos apparently uh, a soundcloud rapper like either one yeah well the, he doesn't have any face tattoos so he's got two go. tigers across his fucking <laughs> neck like i said he's pretty he can get away with it all right anything else no, just a lot of house hunters. And I take that shit personally when they don't pick the house that's right for them. I need to come Idiots. over. You had the dream house under budget. I need to come over the six pack and let's binge some house I hunters. Count some house <laughs> hunters anytime. Like me and Claire have been watching. So I've been watching that with Claire. Zootopia with Ellie. I need, I need some sports. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're in that lull where it's just baseball. You got playoffs. You got basketball playoffs. We forgot to talk about that. Yeah, you got, you got Maddox playoffs. got the Clippers again. Mm-hmm. Fuck the Clippers. Not the matchup I wanted, but. 
No, nah, I really wanted Denver. Yeah, me too. Well, it sucks is they said like Clippers purposely like kind of tanked those last few uh-huh. games, not only to play us, but now they're like out of LA's way, so they yep. wouldn't have to play LA until they unless they both made it to the Western Finals. So it's kind of like a fuck you to Dallas. So I said, you know, I hope we kick their asses. Bring it on! Come on, KP, stay healthy for six games. Mm-hmm. You gotta get the Terminator out. Yep. All right. Uh, anything else? That's all. Oh, Rangers got no hit. We we mentioned that first to each other. Rangers yeah, got Rangers no hit by the guy that pitched three uh one inning for us last yep. year. We got got no hit tonight. Six one of the year. Six no hit no hitter of the of the so MLB far. season already. That's yep. crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like on pace for like twenty. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us. Guys, we appreciate you hanging in there with us. We appreciate each and every one of you that listens and gives us feedback. We love you guys. Uh but for Matt and I'm Andrew. We're out. <laughs>